Welcome to the Talking the Line podcast, presented to you by Talking the Line Sports Media, giving you our best insights and analysis so you can rake in some cold hard cash on your next sports bet. Now sit on back, open up your mind, and let's cash some tickets. We can't thank you enough for joining us. We hope you enjoy. afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, degenerates, gamblers, fans of the Raiders or the Chargers, fans of the NFL Shield, fantasy football players, NFL betters, anybody I might have left out. Far and wide, welcome in to episode number 106 of the Talking the Line podcast, and as always, thank you so much for taking a few moments out of your day to come and kick it with the crew on this beautiful August 19th, 2021. If you weren't awake, I hope you are now because we have a loaded NFL Special Edition coming at you. I know you saw the title. We got the LA Chargers and the LV Raiders coming at you today. But before we get into all of that, please take a few moments to smash that subscribe button on whatever platform you are currently ingesting the ttl pod on if you are watching on youtube you might as well hit that notification bell as well whatever side of the screen it's on there that way you never miss the start of a live show or any additional ttl content dropping if you are listening to the audio recorded version, however, on your favorite podcast directory, make sure you hit it there in addition if you haven't already because we always release the audio after every live show is complete. Next item up on the docket, if you could be so kind, you can find it in your heart maybe. Got an extra couple seconds. Hit that like button, leave us a comment, leave us a rating, jump in the live chat if you're watching live. We can't tell you how much we appreciate it when you do, and it only helps us make TTL Sports Media bigger and better for each and every one of you. Last, but certainly not least, before we get into everything today, head on over to this episode's description where you will locate the Talk in the Line link tree. Within that link tree, you will find the TalkintheLine.com website, all of our additional social platforms and content, so you can consume all of that however and whenever you please. Ladies and gentlemen, beautiful gambling people, everybody far and wide joining us on episode 106. I am your humble host, Colton, Colt45 Sroka, and I will be rowing the boat that is the Talking the Line podcast steadily down the stream today as we get deep into the 2021 season for the Raiders and Chargers. But I can't row it alone. I need a little help. 
Sometimes I go up the stream and my throat gets a little parched. I need some high quality H2O. So in those cases, and in many other cases, when he has some serious knowledge to lay down on not only me and you, I need my partner. So let me bring in the co-host of the Talking the Line podcast, a man who is absolutely elated at where his White Sox currently sit as we round out the 2021 MLB regular season and cannot wait to see his Packers play once again in preseason week two. He is absolutely loving what he saw from Jordan Love, but we need him to stay healthy if we don't want to see A-Rod on the field early. Nonetheless, I don't think that'll happen, but let's bring him in. The man, the myth, the degenerate gambling legend himself, Mr. Riley, Armax Magnuson. Partner, how you doing over there today, pal? My man, I'm doing pretty damn solid. We got two teams on the dock today, so it's hard to be excited, or hard not to be excited, excuse me. And, uh, you know, at least one of these teams is a team that I am beyond excited to watch and talk about. And the other one is uh, I'm excited to talk about uh, going to... The tale is going to be out on whether I'm excited to watch them on a week-to-week basis. But, hey, I'm excited to talk about them and talk about why they might be a big old question mark. But uh, we got two teams that I'm uh, juiced to get uh, get rocking and rolling on here. I am, too. And uh, I could probably take the words out of your mouth. I would happen to guess that the Raiders are the second description you gave out there and the Chargers would be the first description if I was a betting man. Who's to say? Uh, who's to say I am a betting man, so I think I'm about 100% on. Put uh, minus 5,000 odds on that, sure. boy. But okay. nonetheless, uh, plenty coming to you on today's show. It's going to look a little bit different than it has from some of the NFL special editions. We'll still have the typical four segments. We'll go through the full team breakdown, schedule breakdown, then we'll get into the betting preview and then start stash or pass. Now, we will do both teams in each individual segment. So we're going to go through it a little bit quicker uh, for the team breakdown. We'll cut out some of the stuff there. I'll go a little bit more hyperspeed through that, and then we'll give you our opinions and just keep it rocking and rolling. So we'll cut out a few things here or there that don't necessarily have as much value, and then we'll just have both the Raiders and Charters together in each individual segment. So outside of that, uh, we'll probably talk about it too, but key injury news coming from the Raiders, kind of breaking news yesterday. Um, their second string running back, uh, did have a little bit of issues yesterday. I am blanking on, uh, off the top of my head right now. Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake. Yeah. I wanted to say Kalen Balage, but I knew that wasn't right. Uh, Kenyon Drake, uh, he had some issues, had to be taken off the field yesterday not exactly sure what the injury is, but that does not look good for the Raiders running back depth chart whatsoever. So, we got plenty to talk about there, partner. Any other breaking news, stuff I missed, anything uh, I did not see before we get this show on the road? I got nothing. Let's get rocking and rolling. All right, my friends. Let's get to it. First things first, as always, can't uh, can't leave this out. Hey, cheers to you. Cheers to you. Oh, bad. goodness gracious. There we go. Cheers to you. Got my finger in the way. Mm. Oh, yeah. That French vanilla bean creme brulee is just... Uh, tantalizing this morning if it's a you nice will. uh combo with my uh whatever the hell i got from my own home nice combo ah, a little witch's boo yes, going sir. on in the yeti oh, all right all right well without further ado my friends one more time just so we're all clear not that you don't know how to read the title but today's first team of the day the las vegas raiders We'll cover them first in each individual segment then we will get into the second team of the day in each individual segment the L.A. Chargers. It's going to be absolutely loaded. You're going to have to have a little extra coffee with you because we're going to be bouncing back and forth, back and forth. But we'll have some clear division to it. Just make sure you got the coffee ready to rock and roll. You might need an extra couple pieces of paper and an extra ink pen because it's about to get hot and heavy. 
So without further ado, first segment of the day, NFL Special Edition number 17, the first double team special edition of two that we will do in general. So let's get on into it. I cannot wait. First things first, first segment of the day. We're starting off with the full team breakdown for the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, kicking things off, uh, we are going to skip the uh, main additions and losses here for uh, the offensive side of the ball. However, we will still tell you about the lineups and uh, kind of give you our outlook overall. Now, before we do that, still will give you some key 2020 stats and uh, kind of some opinions as if those will remain the same or if they'll change going into 2021. The Raiders averaged 5.9 yards per play last year. They rushed the ball 44.11% of the time and passed the ball 55.89% of the time. Completion percentage, uh, mainly for Derek Carr, uh, 66.97% across the board. Converted on third down at a 45.96% clip and in the red zone converted at a 54.24 clip. So... Not uh, the worst in some of those departments. You would definitely definitely love to see them tick up the uh, third down production as well as the red zone production. I'll talk about that here just in a second. But before I do, let's uh, give you the starting lineups or what is projected to be the uh, week one starting lineups, the top of the depth chart here. Alex Leatherwood, uh, the rookie, looks like he is going to be getting the right side of yes, this sir. offensive line. Uh, we'll stick with the offensive line here. Uh, then you have Good. That is uh, Denzel. Denzel Good. I thought it was. I knew it was Denzel or Daniil, but I wasn't thinking Daniil mm-hmm. Hunter. So Denzel Good. Uh, James is going to be at the center position. That is Anthony James. Andre. Andre James. And then you have Richie Incognito. Obviously, uh, name everybody knows sure. at left guard. And then Miller <laughs> at left tackle. That is Mr. Colton, Colton Miller. Miller. That's you right. Known I that one. That. Uh, K Miller. It's uh, K O L T O N. C O L T O N. But either way, Colton Miller. Always love to see a Colton fight in the good fight. Tight end, <laughs> opposite side, sometimes blocks. This guy most of the times pass and or catching passes, and he's electric when he does it. We know Darren Waller, the baller. Mm-hmm. He's coming back. I think he has a very solid opportunity to be the number one, number two overall tight end in fantasy but we'll talk about that and start stash or pass then you got the other guys that can catch the ball honestly in my mind going to be one of the rather worst units in the league uh they got henry ruggs no shade on him but just haven't seen the production that we thought we would in his rookie year hunter renfro definitely need to see some improvements from him in the slot as well and then uh edwards the rookie as well uh from last year brandon edwards he definitely needs to see some improvement they brought in the old dog that is brandon edwards uh brian edwards brian edwards i apologize uh they brought in the old dog who i was a huge fan of on buffalo last year kept him on my fantasy team john brown uh had to battle some injuries last year so hopefully he can stay healthy i think that will uh definitely help Derek carr out a sure. little bit here and then they got zay jones looking to be the uh, fifth wide receiver on that depth chart then you have josh jacobs uh followed up by Kenyon drake but told you Kenyon drake had a little bit of uh injury issues yesterday so it's kind of uh, up in the air there's not a huge amount of depth in that room right now they still have jalen richard but you know jalen richard is obviously nothing major to write home about he's been solid right. Uh, behind Jacobs but then again that might cause some issues for uh, what Gruden had planned offensively here running back wise and then already said him but Derek Carr coming back again and then Marcus Mariota looked like he was going to be out of town but the uh, silver and black decided to re-sign him bring him on back as their QB too so overall in my opinion uh, before I give you my outlook uh, kick it over to Mags give you some key thoughts of his let me give you the uh, key rankings as well courtesy the guys over at SFA sharp football analysis 
quarterback room comes in ranked as the 15th unit in the league. So I'm actually not too disappointed in that. I think I was actually anticipating it to be a little bit worse, but Derek Carr, as we'll talk about, has actually been a little bit better than what you would anticipate. And he set career highs last year in a lot of different categories. Offensive line leaves a little bit to be desired because they let some big names walk. Uh, 22nd ranked unit in the league right now. And then the running back room, obviously worthy of this and could improve upon it, but how injured is Kenyon Drake? 12th unit in the league right now, and then the receivers coming in ranked as the 23rd unit. I would even put him back further than that. I think that they can improve upon that number, but I think that is a very fair ranking from what we saw from pretty much the same exact core mm-hmm. last year. Now, as for my overall opinions, before I kick it to you, partner, um, this offensive line is going to loom really large, in my opinion, as well. Uh, not only in protecting Derek Carr and allowing him to at least put on uh, on target passes to these mediocre receivers, mm-hmm. if you will. And I hate to say that about some of those names. That's going to be one thing. And then it's going to be running the ball. Josh Jacobs saw a little bit of a downtick last year. I think that they're going to have to really improve offensively and on the offensive line for him to see an uptick this year. I love Jacobs. He's typically been one of my RB1s, and I think we might have to temper expectations again this year. But we'll talk about that and start stash or pass. Obviously, across the board, you know how I feel about the offensive line, the quarterback, the running back, the wide receivers. The one shining light for me is I absolutely love the tight end, and I don't know how you cannot love Darren Waller. I think he has a monster, monster, monster season, and I'll tell you even more about that once we get to start stash or pass for the Raiders. But overall, partner, what are you feeling here for 2021 for this uh, old Pirates team? Uh, you know, very similar to what you said. I might even be a little bit meaner aside from Darren Waller. I love Darren Waller. Who can't? He's going to be the same guy that we know and love. But uh, as you mentioned, this receiving core leaves a little bit to be desired here. I love uh, at least the talent that Henry Ruggs brings. I think over the course of his career, he could be a very good receiver. I just don't love him as the number one wide receiver quite yet. And that's kind of where I see some issues once again here. I think his numbers improve uh, after last year. He, like you said, kind of, I believe he was right around 500 yard receiving which obviously is not what you want to see mm-hmm. but that offensive line man it was already not the best offensive line last year and they lost some of their key pieces and Derek Carr as we've seen he struggles when under pressure and I really think he's going to be running for his life if not more than he ever has in his career so I agree with you on the fifth or I agree with uh, SFA on the 15th ranked uh, ranking there but I think he's going to be looking worse than that, and it uh, could be the end for him this year in Vegas, and he might be on the move because I think he has, if with the right situation, specifically a very good offensive line, I think he could look like a top-ten quarterback, but I think he's going to look like a bottom-third quarterback this year, and you know, without those receivers to rely on, I think it's going to be looking really tough, and I'll echo what you said about Josh Jacobs. I really like him too, but... I think this offensive line is not going to do him any favors. I think uh, defenses are going to be stacking the box like they did last year, and it's going to be a struggle for him once again, and especially if uh, Kenny Drake misses extended time. It's going to be a struggle for this offense, in my opinion, so I, I don't have the highest hopes here. I don't have the highest hopes either, so there you hear it from both of us. Offensively, we think the Raiders are going to sputter here in 2021, and it might be the end for Derek Carr and maybe potentially John Gruden, but we'll talk about the coaching staff here in just a second. Let's 
flip the script on over to the other side of the ball defensively for the Raiders. Quickly for their 2020 stats, uh, they allowed opponents exactly six yards per play on average last year. Uh, allowed opponents to complete passes 63.79%. Third downs, uh, opponents converted at 48.78%. And then in the red zone, uh, i like to see this go down a little bit. The uh, opponents converted at a 61.76% clip. So overall, I mean, not the worst numbers in the world, but not the best numbers in the world, obviously. Um, sticking with the defensive line here to start things off, uh, kind of keep it on the same wavelength. They went out and got Yannick Ngakwe on the uh, the outside, so he'll be one of their edge rushers. Going to need to see some more out of Cleveland Farrell. Uh, they obviously went and drafted him a few years back, so mm -hmm. now uh, he's going to really need to produce now. Uh, Thomas coming in uh, new on the interior, and then also Hankins uh, coming in both both uh well actually thomas is just the only new guy and then hankins uh coming back in here again for the raiders overall i'm not uh too terribly disappointed with the defensive line i think that the combination of Farrell and ngakwe can definitely create some pressure wreak some havoc on some opponent offenses they do play a rather light schedule we'll talk about that too here shortly sure. as far as offensive <laughs> opponents so they could have some success behind them uh they have chris littleton and nick kwitkowski rounding out the uh, front seven those guys, in my opinion, I loved Kwiatkowski on the Bears. He was one of my top guys. I hated to see him go. Um, didn't see the worst production last year. Could see some improvements this year. I think we see it from both linebackers, and they do just fine. Uh, the safeties leave a little bit to be desired in my department. Uh, Hayward, Arnett, Mullen, and then in the deep backfield, you got Abram. And then Morig is actually coming in. That's a rookie they picked up uh, out of the uh, uh, that was the second, second round. round yeah. yeah, they got so... Um, Overall, in my opinion, I think that this defense doesn't struggle from a pressure perspective. I think they struggle from more of a secondary perspective. Um, they might not generate a huge amount of pressure. I don't think that you should be banking on them to just have an absolutely game-wrecking defensive season. I think it's going to be pretty similar to those 2020 stats that I showed you, and it might be even a little bit worse just because of how low I am on this secondary that's where my thoughts are at. What are you feeling here, partner, for the Raiders? I can't add too much here. I think it's a very, very average defense. I like some of the additions that they made. And Gakwe, Casey Hayward, used to be a former Packer, played in the same division here with the Chargers. He's tail tailed off a little bit, but I still really like that addition for him. Overall, though, uh, you know, Cleveland Farrell, as you mentioned, he needs to improve. If he can improve, Solomon Thomas coming back in um, off free agency. If those guys can make an impact, then we might have a different story here. But overall, you know, safety's a little, like, you said just not what you want to see Mo rig as a rookie in the secondary i think he could get picked on this year mm -hmm. so you know i think there will be flashes where you they might win you a couple games but overall i think there's going to be a few more that they might cost them honestly so i'm not yeah. uh i don't hate it but i i don't love it by any means i don't love it either and the combination of the offense and defense here in las right. vegas this year is just not uh, giving us a whole lot of right. confidence across the board but uh, the coaching staff really isn't giving us much confidence either. Uh, John Gruden, I mentioned him just a little while ago, coming in now for his fourth full year. Uh, just how lucky he is to be coming in for that fourth year is unbelievable. Not many Raiders coaches make it through sure. the third year. 
this probably will be his last season if he doesn't have any type of wins, doesn't at least have a winning season at the bare minimum. I would say his seat is next to close to the hottest to Zach Taylor right now. Uh, then you have offensive coordinator Greg Olson. Not that Greg Olson. This is still the same one coming in for his fourth year as well as OC of the Raiders. And then uh, new defensive coordinator Gus Bradley coming in. So maybe brought him in, can rejuvenate this defense, get some different looks going. Maybe they improve more than we have anticipated. But overall, uh, not the worst coaching staff in no. the league by any means, but a coaching staff that has not had much success in its tenure. I, uh, you know, I can't disagree with you that John Gruden's hot seat is very, very hot. I think he might have some scapegoats built in here unless it's really, really bad. You know, you can put some blame if Derek Carr struggles. And honestly, largely this, the general manager, Mike Mayock, honestly has a little bit hotter of a seat to me because you know John Gruden hasn't excelled here but you know this roster has it looks like it's getting worse and worse throughout John Gruden's tenure here so the talent acquisition is just really what uh, I kind of chalk this up to as far as John Gruden's seat being hot so I can't disagree with you but I think he might have some scapegoats and he might uh, unless it's uh, four wins or less five wins or less I think he sticks around for one more year and they might move some other pieces around all right, so we're a little bit different on a that. A little bit, maybe, but I mean, maybe, I can't uh, deny his seat is his seat is certainly hot. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe he's got some scapegoats. Maybe he sticks around. Maybe he doesn't. Who knows? But that is the entire team breakdown and coaching staff analysis for the Las Vegas Raiders. We'll have still plenty more to talk about in the further sections and segments of the day. So don't uh, don't dip out too quiet yet. If we didn't cover enough for you there, into now the team breakdown for the. Los Angeles Chargers. See, we made it nice and easy for you. We changed colors, so now you know who we're talking about. Once again, starting things on the offensive side of the ball and some key 2020 stats. Now for the Chargers, they averaged 5.4 yards per play last year offensively, uh, rushed the ball 41.35% of the time and passed the ball 58.65% of the time. Uh, completion percentage uh, obviously was Tyrod Taylor for a little while and then got his old lung punctured there and had to bring in Justin <laughs> Herberts in week two on an emergency, not taking any first team snaps whatsoever across Across the board, 65.87%, so pretty solid there. Third down conversion, 44.20%. Uh, we'll talk. I'll talk about that here in just a second. Uh, they put Herbert in a lot of tough spots last year, having to convert a lot of long third down. So I think that's why that is very low. And I think uh, the offense this year tries to avoid those third downs mm -hmm. at all costs. And in the red zone, they scored at a 57.14% clip. So not terrible. Would definitely love to see that improve as well. But I do think much like third down conversion, I think red red zone conversion uh, definitely improves here going into 2021. Now for the offensive side of the ball, it's going to look pretty doggone similar to what you saw or what we all saw in 2020. Uh, as far as the line goes, you got Brian Balaga uh, on the right side. Left side is Richie Slater. I do believe that is uh, Rayshon. Rayshon Slater. I apologize. And then First round if pick. you could have uh, that bad boy up, maybe have the uh, names right there so I don't uh, keep insulting these kind fellers. <laughs> uh, M. Feller, the left guard. Yeah, either Feeler or Filer. I'm not Matt sure. Matt Filer. Yeah, yeah. Matt Filer. Either way. And then Corey Lindsley, uh, new center coming in. Obviously, I know that name. He's a big name. He's always has been a big yeah. name in the NFL. So that's a big ad here for the Chargers. And then Abushi. Oday. Oday Abushi. Uh, he's coming in right guard. Honestly, in my opinion, this is a stacked offensive line. Mm -hmm. Right now, they're actually the 21st ranked unit as far as cap hit right now. Mm -hmm. So not too crazy 
for what some of those names you would anticipate them right. having to be paid to be sticking around. Now, as far as the guy opposite of them who blocks sometimes, mostly catches passes, though, Jared Cook. I'm actually pretty high on Jared Cook. I liked him in New Orleans. I don't have anything bad to say about him. I'll definitely have some stuff to talk about with him as far as fantasy value goes because I really like Jared Cook on this offense. And if you just so kindly remember, over the course of probably the last decade, for crying out loud, over Antonio Gates, Hunter Henry, and whoever else you want to pump in there, Los Angeles or San Diego... Yeah. Uh, tight ends have been absolutely electric. Sure. They've been great sure. from all perspectives. So I think Jared Cook slots in real well here. Obviously, the big dog coming back, Keenan Allen. He's got to stay healthy. Please, Keenan, play all 17 games this year. We need you. We need you. We need you. Mike Williams already dealing with hamstring injuries, mm -hmm. uh, but he should be good to go by the time the season starts, per Brandon Staley. And then uh, Johnson on the far outside. Tyrone Johnson. Tyrone Johnson. Uh, also, because I liked this guy last year, uh, fourth on the depth chart right now, Jalen Guyton mm -hmm. uh, showed some serious flashes from time to time when they needed him when uh, Keenan Allen went out and then even when Mike Williams went out too. So huge uh, potential upside there for Guyton. And then Jordan Palmer, I do believe that is. Joshua Palmer. Joshua Palmer. Don't know much about Dog him. Uh, I don't know much about him. He is a rookie uh, coming in out of Tennessee, so probably had a little bit of production there in Tennessee. And I do believe I read a little bit something on him uh, a while back ago that he actually did rip the top off yeah. the defense in Tennessee. So uh, definitely a good addition there. Maybe that guy can work in and uh, take some of the workload off of Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, mm -hmm. keep them guys healthy deep into the season. One of my favorite running backs in the league, but we got to see him produce this year, Austin Eckler, RB1, once again. I think he has an absolutely monstrous season with how they retooled this offensive line. And then behind him, uh, you have Joshua, Josh Jackson, is that? Uh, Justin Jackson. Justin Jackson. Uh, Justin Jackson, not terrible. A, a definitely a handcuffable opportunity. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about that and start stash or pass. Um, he definitely will have some some upside here this year with with definitely, I think, the upside the offensive line has. And last but certainly not least, one of my favorite quarterbacks in the league right now came out of nowhere, Justin Herbert, man. I How can you not love the kid, love the story? I think he has another ridiculous season. Mm -hmm. I think we'll see a little bit of regression for sure. What he did in some key areas, key stats-wise, was just absolutely outlandish. So we're going to see a little regression, but I think we still see an absolutely electric season from Herbert. So that's my thoughts on the offense. Partner, what are you thinking for the Chargers in 2021? I know you're high as hell on them. I am very high on this team, uh, especially this offense, man. I actually think we could see, see some uh, positive regression from Justin Herbert because of the way that they retooled this offensive line. Now, Justin Herbert was pretty solid with some pressure in his face last year, a little bit more than you would expect from a rookie quarterback. So now giving him a fresh offensive line that is bona fide, very good. Corey Lindsley, I am going to miss the hell out of him in Green Bay. Rashawn Slater should be very, very solid solid despite being a rookie that was their first round pick so he's going to make a nice impact and as you mentioned mr jared cook he's not in that cream of the crop top four top three or top four tight ends with those other guys but he is very very good he helps every single team that he is on i guess age might be a little bit of a concern but he seems to stand the test of time and he's going to help this team one way or another the one concern that I do have is, and you kind of mentioned it, the wide receiver depth. If anything happens to Keenan Allen or Mike Williams, I'm not saying it's going to be bad, but I am a little bit concerned because Keenan Allen is a bona fide dog. Mike Williams is uh, on his way to being a really solid wide receiver. And these other guys are just a little unproven. You did mention Jalen Guyton, and I like him also. I'm uh, you know, just a little concerned if he's got a shoulder, all of that load, if any anything happens to these top two guys. And I can't say enough about how much I like Austin Eckler. 
if he's fully healthy, he is an absolute monster in both the passing game and the running game. So I think we're going to see some really solid improvements from this offense, and they might actually be able to finish off some of these games that we have seen them lose over the last couple of years. So I've got all the best things in the world to say about this team, my man. I do as well. And speaking of those improvements, I think we see those a lot too because Anthony Lynn is out of town. The curse of Anthony Lynn yes. is gone. So I don't think we're going to see a lot of that. We'll talk about the coaching staff here in just a second. As for key rankings to close up the offensive side of the ball uh, for the Chargers here, per the guys at SFA, ninth ranked quarterback unit in the league. Definitely can uh, see improvement upon that, no doubt in my mind. 15th ranked offensive line. I think that is perfect. Just a little bit better than middle of the pack they might even crack top 12 top 13 13th running back unit in the league uh now this is going to really hinge heavily on what austin eckler does this year he had a good season but he's gonna have to improve in a couple of key areas to avoid any regression However, I think 13th is perfect, and they can definitely crack the top 10 or top 8 in my mind. And then, much like you, a little bit of question marks around some of those receivers who don't really have that proven ability yet. 18th ranked unit in the league. Obviously, it's like, well, how can you give them that unit with uh, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams? Well, it makes sense just because of all the question marks mm -hmm. and all the depth charts. So that's the key rankings. Uh, that's everything there for the offensive side of the ball. Now flipping the script, quick defensive side of the ball, just so you know who's all going, uh, or who's all coming back and in uh, week one here for the Chargers. Uh, you have on the defensive line, Joey Bosa coming back on the left side. Uh, definitely one of the most or right side. I don't really know how they how you look at that right end, left end. Either way, he's a defensive end. Mm -hmm. Either way, uh, game wrecker, you know the name, Joey Bosa. Not much you really need to say about him. Uh, then they have Tillery coming in, uh, coming back in, I should say. Uh, very dominant interior player. Uh, Lance Joseph coming in as coming back in as well. He is Limbaugh Joseph. Limbaugh Joseph. Uh, he is getting up there in age just a little bit, so uh, going to definitely have to see some production from him. And then Wosu, that is you. No, I don't know. I don't. Uh, uh, Uchenna. Uchenna Nuoso. Uchenna Nuoso. All right. So, so yeah. uh, overall, not obviously, if we got to look that hard for some of the names, there might be uh, a little bit of question marks around that. Obviously, Joey Bosa should have a big year. Uh, but overall, I don't know necessarily that they generate as much pressure as they're really anticipating here. But we'll see. Jury's still out on that. Uh, they have Tranquil and Murray rounding out the front seven as their uh, linebacking unit. And then. I'm honestly a little bit higher on this uh, secondary than I was on the Raiders secondary. I think that they are going to have some success bringing in Asante Samuel Jr. Mm -hmm. Love that pickup uh, for one of the cornerbacks here. Chris Harris, I do believe that is. Yep. Uh, he is also going to still be the slot corner, getting up there a little bit in age as well. And then uh, Davis also coming in opposite side of those two guys uh, to round out the front secondary. And then the deep backfield, uh, Adderley and James, Derwin James. Yep. Is that uh yeah Derwin James you obviously know the name he has uh had some pretty successful years in the league obviously we could see some improvement all across the board from this defense I think we see it this year I'm not incredibly high on them but I think they're gonna surprise a lot of people and I think they might even surprise me too just because I I'm not too high on them but I think they will surprise me 
What are you thinking, partner, as far as the defense? Yeah, for me, it really comes down to the health of these key players. Derwin James, uh, you know, 2018, I believe, was his rookie year. Played all 16 games. Played only five games in 2019 and didn't play at all, if I'm correct, uh, last year. So if he stays healthy, man, he is a huge X factor to lift this defense up. Same thing with Joey Bosa. I think he still played a lot of games last year, but wasn't fully healthy the entire season. Because if he's 100% healthy, man, he is one of the better defenders in the entire league. Uh, and then, you know, really, Chris Harris, I still like him there. There's a few holes that they lost. They lost Melvin Ingram, uh, so you don't like to see that. But overall, I think this defense is going to do just enough to keep this offense right in games. And there's going to be a few that they probably will win. Joey Bosa is going to have a few games if he's fully healthy where he absolutely just destroys the opposing offensive line. And, uh, you know, like I said, I think they're just going to do enough to stay in games. They're not going to be a Super Bowl-level defense, in my opinion. But they could be enough to hold this team and excel that offense to be a, uh, I don't know about Super Bowl-level offense, but, uh, you know, I'm pretty high in this team. So I uh, I think they got enough here. I think they got enough, too, and uh, we could definitely see a playoff run from them. Putting a cap on the defense, 26th-ranked front seven in uh, the NFL right now per the guys at SFA. So not very high on them, nah. even with some of the names in there. And the 19th-ranked unit uh, as far as the secondary goes in the NFL so definitely think that they can improve upon those numbers, Most but much like me and you, uh, they're not as high on uh, the old Chargers defense, but I think that they can improve upon them most assuredly. Now, last but certainly not least, coaching staff. Uh, we've talked about a few teams that have entirely new coaching staff, yep. head coach, OC, DC, everything. The Chargers, once again, are one of those teams, but I think this is exactly what they needed right they're bringing in brandon staley coming on over from the rams obviously he's more of a defensive minded coach so that will obviously improve this defense sure. then to help him out ronaldo hill is going to be the defensive quarterback or defensive coordinator i apologize right. i uh said cornerback because he was the denver defensive backs there you go. coach uh last year he is coming in now for uh the charges and then offensive coordinator joe lombardi has had uh, success working with uh, young quarterbacks and has as also had some electrifying success with running backs, most notably with Alvin Kamara. So maybe we see Alvin Kamara-type numbers from Austin Eckler in this Joe Lombardi offense. I really wanted to mention that because I think this coaching staff is exactly what this Chargers team needed. Right. They're lacking on defense. Ronaldo Hill has proven himself. We've seen what the Broncos' uh, safeties have done, and it's a shame that he had to get shipped out of town with the talent that they have now in Denver. But I think he's got plenty of talent here, and I think that the Hill have some success. I also think that Joe Lombardi is going to have plenty of success with this team and improve that running game. Another glaring hole that could potentially see regression, but I don't think it does now. And then Brandon Staley ties up any holes that there could right. potentially be and helps this defense even more. I don't think it's going to be any last two-minute drill horse shit that we saw from the last few years. No, I don't think you're going to have to worry about your bets pushing out, losing money because of nonsense. I think the Chargers are going to be a very fun team to watch and are going to be winning us lots of money this season. I think so, too. And Brandon Staley, I mean, he kind of reminds me of the defensive equivalent to like the offensive wave of young coaches that we've seen. He's got an innovative defensive style. He's like the Matt LaFleur, Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan equivalent to the defensive side of the ball. So I think it's a perfect fit here. And as you mentioned, Joe Lombardi uh, in the same vein, I wouldn't be shocked if he's a head coach within four or five years, even maybe even less. 
maybe even less for sure. So um, you know our opinions now on uh, the LA Chargers full team. Offense, defense, we're incredibly high on them. Definitely higher on the offense, but think that the defense can improve. And we think that this coaching staff is exactly the last little sprinkling of seasoning, if you will, on the uh, recipe that is now the Chargers team. Mm -hmm. I think the Chargers have one hell of a season. And we're able to pick off the Anthony Lynn seasoning <laughs> out of all of these pieces that are pick still the, here. Uh, pick out the uh, Anthony Lynn anchovies yeah. off yeah, the pizza. Yeah, there you anchovies. go. It's perfect. There you perfect. go, Anthony Lynn anchovies. All right. Never know what you're going to get on the TTL pod. All right. So as uh, we were kind of going through that, had something in my mind a little bit here. So let's get into the second uh, segment of the day and I'll tell you what I'm thinking. So, schedule breakdown. First things first, you obviously know that's the second segment, but it's going to be the Raiders. Now, instead of kicking it off how I typically do, going week by week, yada, 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 wasting time, in essence of time, what we'll do is we'll just give you our predictions. Okay. We'll talk about their division games, their main eight non-division games, and then the three outside of that. We'll give you our predictions, and then we'll just do the exact same for the Chargers. Okay. We'll rip through that. But don't worry. We'll still have opportunity to go through the schedule because I'll rock it all out in the betting preview when I give you the weekly lines and I'll tell you if they're home away. I'll knock it all out right there and we might even change that on the regular show. That seems Not like a, bad a pretty idea. damn good idea. Not a bad idea. So with that being said, let's get back into the Raiders real quick. We got to get back on our silver and black, take off the gold and white and light blue for just a little bit, get back to the silver and black. Now, for the 20... 21 season it's not looking all too damn hard to tell you the truth it's not i think they have some potential here but i also think they have potential to be complete boneheads and fuck everything up royally right. they could very 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 easily split with the broncos um depending on what shows now i don't know how much you can read into the broncos preseason week one sure uh we're gonna have to see a lot more but if that's consistently the quarterback play and the defense play that we're gonna see then i don't really have too much concern in my mind about drew Locke, to tell you the truth but if he does struggle bus and uh then this is definitely worth a split so i'd say one and one there i don't think they're gonna get man oh man actually they had some close games with the Chiefs last year so it's kind of a toss-up in my mind they might be able to split that off um they do play them pretty similarly similarly within a five-week stretch um you know I I don't I, it, I did you give them a split yesterday as we were talking about the Chiefs because I sure did the, the Raiders against the Chiefs a split uh yeah, yeah. I, I think I did too so yeah that that was actually one of my splits right. it was either the Broncos okay so then so then you go to the Chargers, and I think the Chargers are the only one that gets both from them, uh -huh. surprisingly, uh -huh. as crazy as it is, because I think week 18, I'll tell you this in a minute, but they face the Chargers in or at home, so uh, Allegiant Stadium. So I think that game is going to mean a lot for the AFC West standings as far as the Chargers go. Yeah. So I think they're going to need to win that game and win week four the chargers yeah yeah so the chargers they go two and oh and then i think because of some nonsense they split with the chiefs and they split with the broncos because of just some goofiness the, the broncos is just too tight of a matchup yeah. for me so 
I give them two, three, four, and two in the AFC West this year. Yeah, we are Las right Vegas aligned. Raiders. We are right aligned. It seems crazy after diving through this to say a split with the Chiefs, but just look back at last year. Yeah. Uh, they just played him so damn well on offense, and I think they get one of these two games. And what do we talk about with the Chiefs? They're going to be solid. They're going to have a great year, but it's probably going to be those shootouts. Again. Right, 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 right. And, uh, you know, I'm going with the split on the Broncos as well. The Raiders actually took both games from them last year. The first of the two, the Raiders absolutely shut them down, 37-12. Do think the Broncos have major improvements, but I will give them a split there. And then, uh, once again, like you, I could not have said it any better for the Chargers. I believe they actually split last year, but it was two very close games. Get Anthony Lynn out of town, and the Chargers win both of those games, and I'll say it once again for this year. So 4-2 and two on my side as well, partner. All right, so we line up in the West. Now, their first four opponents, uh, their main eight non-divisional games, are coming out of the AFC North. So a little bit tougher there. Uh, I think they're going to lose against the Ravens, no question in my mind. Uh, I do also think they lose against the Brownies. The Steelers is going to be a little bit more of a toss-up for me. The Steelers could flub that up, but I do think the Steelers' defense is just going to be a little bit too much early on in the season in Week 2, so I will give the Steelers that one. And then the Bengals is going to be kind of a toss-up for me, but I'll give the Raiders that win just because it is the easiest game on their schedule. So give me 1-3 and out of the AFC North. I'm going worse, man. I'm going 0-4. I am going to give it to the Bengals. Raiders got a uh, – it looks like the Bengals will be coming off of their bye in that one. The Raiders are going to be coming off of a Sunday night game against the Chiefs. Win or lose, that is going to be an absolute battle. Or they'll just get absolutely embarrassed and have no confidence whatsoever. So I'm going to be picking the Bengals in that one. And then, uh, you know, week one – week first two weeks they start Ravens-Steelers. I don't like that matchup at all for the Raiders. Uh, against the Ravens, and then I think the Steelers' defense absolutely embarrasses this Raiders' offense. And then, uh, what's the other one? The Browns in Week 15, that'll be an important one for the Browns. So I'm going a crisp 0-4 out of the AFC North. Okay. Wowza kapowza. So there's the uh, first four. Now the other four, NFC-ish, as we have been (laughs) referring to them. Uh, I believe the Cowboys win that game. I believe the Raiders win both the games against the Giants and the Eagles. Mm-hmm. I just don't think they're, either of those teams are going to do enough offensively. And then I think they lose the game against the football team. Football team is a bad defensive matchup for them and a lot of teams in the NFL this year. So give me two and two in the NFC East matchup for the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, I won't waste too much time. I am going two and two as well. Uh, you know, they got a little bit of a rest disadvantage against the Eagles. So that one I'm honestly a little on the fence for. And then I think they beat the Giants in Week 9. That's coming off of their Raiders bye. So I'll stick with 2-2. Two and two. I guess one way or another, I'll leave that caveat in there. Maybe they can go in a shoot. Because I think that Cowboys game should actually be a pretty solid game, just the matchup base. Mm-hmm. But I will go 2-2 two and two one way or another. All right. So same page again there. Now, three remaining games outside of the eight non-divisional games. Play the Dolphins, the Colts, and the Bears. Bear down. Um, I think the Dolphins get that victory. I really, truly believe the Dolphins get that victory. That is a pick em in Las Vegas uh, week three. I truly believe that the it is going to be a rough start to the year for oh, the, the Raiders, and I think they get that year, that victory. Um, The Colts, I think the Colts win that game as well. That's another one of their harder games, uh, not only to cover, but on the schedule in general. Right. And then... 
I, you know, I've kicked this around a lot, and I don't think this is me being a homer because I think week five is when Justin Fields comes in if he's not already in, and I think he absolutely lights the fuck up out of this, <laughs> this Raiders defense. So give me 0-3 in the remaining three. Wow. I am right there with you, my man. I don't think you're a homer on top of what you just said there. Um, maybe it'll be the first week for Fields. Maybe not. But one way or another, I agree with you there. I also think this defense for the Bears is a terrible matchup for the Raiders. So I am giving it to the Bears there. Echoing what you said on the Dolphins, man, that's going to be like an 0-6 start for the Raiders. But I don't think that's too crazy. Uh, not going with the Dolphins that's week three but regardless I am going to a loss against the Dolphins week 17 you know the schedule makers obviously it would have been uh you know trying to predict the future but if the Colts were uh you know in that first five weeks without uh you know with the possibility of once being gone I would give the Raiders that win but in week 17 I think the Colts are going to be figured out they're going to be playing better might be a huge game for the Colts so I am going oh and three my friend I want to know why I'm laughing over here I think we need to change careers and just start being lines makers yeah, and odds makers. Um, because we'll talk about the season win total here in the betting preview shortly. Uh, currently set at seven wins. Sure. If you're with me, you think they go one and three in the AFC North. They get right. the win over the Bengals, seven and ten. Mm-hmm. They don't get that win over the Bengals, six and ten. But one thing you got to rem- or six and eleven. I apologize. But one thing you got to remember is that at the same exact time. <laughs> We gave him a win against the Chiefs. Is that what you're about to say? Yeah, we were leaning <laughs> to a couple of splits we're him a in win the against West. the Chiefs and a loss and then, against the Bengals. Wow. So there's there's a few kind of key things you should think about there. And man, oh man, we are spot on on that seven wins. But I think they go under because we're a little bit more leany to a few of those games. But we'll talk about that in the full betting preview. That's our <laughs> predictions for the Las Vegas Raiders: either seven and ten or six and eleven for John Gruden's boys this season. That does not seem like a winning year to me. It seems like John Gruden might be on out of town, but that does it for the Raiders. Quickly, the full schedule for now, the Los Angeles Chargers. (laughs) Switch the colors on you again, so keep it up. Keep pace. Here we go. Keep it moving. Keep it grooving. Same exact thing. The Chargers obviously play the exact same AFC West. Wouldn't you know we decided to do these two teams on the same exact day because they're in the same exact division and everything just lined up so perfectly? And they're actually alphabetical too. How about that? Mm. Well, in the AFC West, I believe that they can get both games against those Broncos. They're not till late in the season. And uh, mile high, uh, week 12, going to be a little bit of a question mark with what the weather is there. But I think they can scratch that one out, and then you go back to uh, L.A. for Week 17. Like I said, that's going to mean a lot. They play the Broncos and the Raiders to close out the season, right. and I think getting those two wins are going to be important. So I got 2-0 and against the Broncos. I got them splitting with the Chiefs uh, one way or the other. I think they're going to get one of those games. Yep. They just simply have to, and then I got them getting both over the Raiders. I already told you guys uh, I don't see the Raiders getting any wins there. So 2-3, uh, 4-5, and 1 okay. for uh, me for the Chargers in the AFC West this year. You know, I'm on the fence. I'm four and five. We, I believe I mentioned it yesterday. I'm giving them a split against the Chiefs. We mentioned it a few minutes ago. I'm giving them a sweep of the Raiders. So that is three and one. And I'm on the fence with, uh, you know, a split with the Broncos. They played two very, very good games last year. And now, you know, if what we're saying is true as far as their game management, they should be in position to win those two games. Broncos are a little bit improved, and the Broncos are going to be coming off their bye in Week 12, and it's in Denver, so I'm going to have to go with the split there, so I'll say 4-2. and two. All right. 
So we got those down. Now the same exact eight non-divisional opponents, sure. AFC North, NFC East. AFC North, I will say the Chargers go... Three and one. Uh, okay. one. Either one of the losses is going to come at the hands of Baltimore or the Brownies. I don't know which one. They're back-to-back week five and week six. So I'll say three and one. I think they coast to victory over the Bengals, coast to victory over the Steelers, and then it's going to be a toss-up. I think both games are shootouts, and one, both of them are going to end as, as a coin flip between the Browns and the Ravens. Yeah. One or the other, uh, they're going to lose there. So I'll give them three and one in the AFC North. Uh, yeah, I'll kind of echo what you said there. I think that game against the Steelers could be a solid one because I really like the Steelers' defense, but I think the Chargers' offense has enough to edge them out on Sunday night football in L. LA. So I'll say three and one. I lean towards a win over the Ravens and a loss against the Browns, but I could go either way on those. So I will say a split between those. And uh, like you said, I'll take a, uh, a nice win against the Bengals as well. So three and one for me out of that crew. 10 for NFC East. I'll take them. Oh, um, <laughs> good over there. Yeah. Well, that Cowboys, that the yeah, Cowboys no. game those is first two, honestly, the most. Um, the Cowboys and the football team are really what I think would hinge uh, the the only two. I think they steamroll through the Giants and the and the Eagles, no question in my mind. Okay. Um, Dallas is an early season game that is uh, at home. That is Correct. in L.A. So yep. potentially, I see him getting that one. And then the game against the football team uh, is actually Week One, so that one is also played Ish. in L.A. No, that's no, on the that road. One is on the road. So. Damn, I don't want to say that the Chargers open up their season with a loss, but ah, oh, shit. Either, yeah, either the the boys or the football team, week one, week two. I think one of those are going to be a loss, and I would lean to the football team and everybody lose their mind. Oh my gosh, is Justin Herbert not as good as he was? Is the Chargers dead? They get Anthony Lynn out, Brandon State. I see everybody now. The media losing their fucking minds. And then they rifle off 11 wins from there. And then I'm going to be like, hey, wait a second. This football team, the football team might be pretty damn solid. Yeah. So you're going three and one? I'm going three and one. I will stick right with you there. I'll say it's split between those first two one way or another. Kind of like what you said. Um, because, uh, you know, that Washington defense is so damn solid. I think the Chargers have enough offense to edge them out, but it is on the other side of the country. Mm. So I don't know. I will mm. say a split because, I mean, that week two game is going to be a shootout one way or another as long as Dak is healthy. And you know anything could happen there. So I will say a clean split. Not a clean split, obviously, but a split. And then, uh, yeah, I, I'm not going to spend much time. They're going to smoke both the Eagles and the Giants. I'm honestly uh, wondering, too, if that week one game against the football team will be, obviously, we're central time. If you're not at central time watching us, um, if it'll be one of those 325 oh, games or a noon game. I can if it, check if it's a, Yeah, quick. check it and see while I kind of wrap this up. But if it's a noon game, then then football that's team. football team all day long but if it's 325 even, then yeah. i guess that's a good question even when they Maybe. travel across the country i still no it's a noon game a it noon is a noon game oh huh? uh, shit so yeah give me the football team okay. in that one that that cements me in a three and one for okay. sure i'd love to see some numbers on that West Coast teams traveling to the yeah. East Coast having to play at noon. Well, maybe we'll dive into that. So that is a, I mean, hey, maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's absolutely something. Because that, I, I could see it being a, a tough struggle there. Because, I mean, that's, uh, that's like, Always especially right. in. Uh, Always thinking. I think that's 10 a.m. for Chargers time time zone. So Yeah, yeah that's early as all hell. Uh, remaining three games outside of the ones we have covered now. Patriots, Texans, Vikings. Okay. Texans. 
one to know. Easy money. No question in yeah. my mind. That is uh, that is one of their easiest games on the schedule outside of the Giants. I think it is the easiest. Uh, well, as far as coverability sure, sure. Okay. Uh, on the number. But whatever. Anyways, Neither here nor apologies. there. Uh, then Vikings and Patriots are pretty evenly uh, matched as far as ease to win, ease to cover. Um I think they do end up losing one of those games. I'm just going to be a little bit tentative just because either Zimmer figures out some type of defensive confusion for Herbert or Bilicek. Sure. Bilicek. Belichick, Belichick does it. <laughs> um, either or. One of those two guys are going to figure out something defensively, and I would lean Belichick just because he's had a lot of success. I guess Herbert's not a rookie anymore, but you're two quarterbacks. I'm sure he's probably damn good. Oh, and wouldn't you just so know that uh, the Chargers lost 45 to yeah. nothing? Only ass whooping that they suffered last year, man. Yeah. So I and obviously he's not a rookie anymore, but a lot of that is because Belichick. 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 What the fuck am I doing? Belichick smokes rookies. <laughs> has so much success against rookies. Now, obviously, year two, but I think he does have some success against yeah. Herbert once again. So I'll go two and one in the remaining three. Ah, despite what we just said, damn, that was actually at home last year. That's weird that they get him back to back in LA. I guess that was, you know. Give him another shot. Another go around. I don't know. I, don't I, so. I that score is the only thing that's kind of keeping me away, away from three. That was home. that game where the Pats had like two special teams Did touchdowns. They? Too. I mean, he's still forty-five yeah, nothing yeah, it was though. Absolutely but insane. I think it's gonna be a lot different. I I'm trying to I'm leaning into still three and zero here out of these three. They get the Patriots at home again. It is out of the bye week this time around, so I'm kind of leaning towards three and zero because I think they beat the Vikings. I do, and then I'm not even gonna waste time on the Texans. They'll get them, but. I want to say 3-0, and and I think I'm going to stick to that coming out of the bye week. I'm tentative because, like I said, it, it, all of their losses, they lost nine games. Seven of them were by one score. They lost to the Bills by 10, and then there's that game against the Patriots that they got just absolutely cleaned out. And so, Because like, I do remember, like you said, there was some goofy stuff that happened, but, I mean, a shutout is a shutout. But, hell, I'll give them 3-0, man. Once again, I say to you, partner, we should go make uh, make lines and forget about uh, forget about handicapping everything. We're just so damn good at what we're doing here. I got to make sure that uh, I'm spot on before I say this again. Holy shit, we got a lot of pages here. Uh, they are set at nine, oh, nine and, and a half. half. Okay, yeah. so uh, we're we're well over. I thought yeah. it was twelve and a half. Uh, it is nine and a half. We'll talk about that, but. Whether you're with Mags or you're with me, he was a little tentative uh, on the Chargers in the AFC West. I was a little bit more tentative on them on the remaining three. Either way, you picked up a loss one way or the other. 13-4 and four yeah. from the both of us. So, man, I know that seems lofty with what we've seen from the Chargers, but it just keeps coming down to this entirely new coaching staff and the abilities that they've shown. I don't think we're going to see a 7-9 and nine season. Well, we can. It would be 7-10. and 10. I don't think we're going to see a 5 and 11 season. Well, it can. It would be 5 and 12. I don't think we're going to see those. I think it's going to be if at the very worst 11 and 6, man. Right, I, right. I really think maybe you could scratch out uh, two losses here or there. Um but man, 13 and 4 does not seem too lofty to me with what we saw last year and an entirely revamped coaching staff. Yeah, I mean, like you said, there's certainly a couple losses that you could pick off or a couple wins that we gave them that you could pick off there, but one way or another I see at least 11 as do I. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen, the entire, entire. Hi, John Cheney. How you doing, my friend? Uh, yeah, we're super high on the football team as well. Uh, no doubt about it in my mind. Uh, we are, uh, we're pretty, we're thinking, man, they, they might have a shot to, uh, 
do a little playoff run here. Yeah, maybe. A little riverboat run. Got to wait boys, a couple weeks for us getting to the get boys a preview. Steamed up, but yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see all what happens. But hey, thanks for stopping by today, my friend. We appreciate you. Uh, moving right along, let's keep the show steaming on down the tracks. Speaking of steaming, we're actually not doing too bad on time. No, we might be steaming uh, right along. From what I'm thinking, we might probably uh, wrap up right about uh, quarter to noon, noon, somewhere sure. right in that ballpark. So here we go. Let's dive back into the silver and black and get with the entire betting preview third segment of the day my friends here we go now as always i'll still kick things off with the 2020 stats but uh, go a little bit more hyperspeed than usual 2020 average line for the raiders they were a 1.2 underdog and they've caught a few extra points a couple decimal points here in 2021 coming yep. in as a two-point dog on average in 2021 the raiders are favored in six games and underdogs in 10 games so obviously the books don't have much faith in them either and then they pick them in week three versus Miami that covers all 17 2020 against the number they were eight and eight and eight and eight straight up three and four as a favorite five and four as a dog at home they were four and four against the number two and six straight up one and one ATS as a home favorite and three and three ATS as a home dog same number on the road, 4-4 four and four ATS, 8-0 straight up though on the road. Very surprising there, obviously not having crowds loomed large for the Raiders last year. 2-3 and three ATS as an away favorite and 2-1 and one ATS as an away dog. As far as their over-unders go, they had an average line of 51.6 in 2020 and the books are giving them a little less respect this year. Tick that down to 49.3, almost two over two full percentage points. In 2020, they had an over-under record of 13.3, so all or 13 and three. I apologize. I'll let you be the judge of that 49.3 here in 2021 is where I was going with that. So little interesting. They dropped them down with them having a 13 and three over-under record. Interesting. Seven and one to the over at home. Six and two to the over on the road. Five and two to the over as a favorite and seven one and one to the over as an underdog Goodness. so absolute wagon to the over i did not realize i didn't realize that. it was that man i think it's because i avoided the Ra- raiders a lot overall last year sure. just because of how much of a question mark they have been right i think i will avoid them again on the number but we might have to look into some totals might and have depending to. on who they're playing i'll talk about it here in a minute in the weekly lines there might be some value on those bad boys last but certainly not least from 2020 you know we love a good teaser over here. In six and seven points, you might want to be tentative with the old Raiders, 11 and four and 12 and four. So it's got to be a good spot. But if you do need that extra leg in the 10 point, I suggest you add the Raiders, but be careful. It's got to be real good. Make sure you get them through three, four, five key numbers, 13 and three in 10 point teasers. So that would probably be the best spot to add them maybe. if you are going to add them to a teaser. But that is a big maybe. Yeah, despite those numbers, it's still I'm still nervous for this year if I'm I'm being totally honest. Absolutely. <laughs> so I ripped through that. There's the 2020 sure, sure. stats. Let's get in to 2021. Back from the past into the future. Here we go. So I skipped it in the schedule, but I won't skip it this time around, my friends. Uh, without further ado, the full weekly betting lines and the weekly uh, betting uh, schedule, everything in between. 
Week one, I already told you about it. Uh, talked about it a little while. I get man, it seemed like a freaking year ago with having two teams we're fucking talking about. Oh yeah, no kidding, man. Holy shit! All right, week one, uh, Raiders getting four points uh, at home in Allegiant Stadium against the Ravens. Not surprising though. Then they go on the road to Heinz Field. I believe it's still Heinz Field. Yep. Uh, getting five and a half points in week two against the Steelers. It is a pick'em. Already told you about that against Miami in week three. Week four, getting four points against the Chargers at home in Allegiant. Then week five, that is also in Allegiant. They welcome in my Bears, Bear Down. Uh, They are three and a half point favorites in that game. I think that's fishy as all hell. I'll gladly take the three points with my Bears. And then week six, they are getting three and a half points on the road in Denver. Uh, Coming in dogs there. Then week seven, uh, getting or actually uh, giving three and a half points in Philly. So they are favored in Philadelphia week seven. Week eight is their bye week. So you fantasy players, you betters. uh, Remember week eight for the Raiders. Week nine, they are uh, one and a half point dogs against the Giants. Actually surprising that they're coming in as underdogs against the Giants, but that is on the road. And then coming in as seven and a half point dogs in Allegiant Stadium in week 10 against the Chiefs. Uh, Lane four and a half points in week 11 uh, against the Bengals. That is at home in Allegiant. So uh, much like uh, me, the books think that they're going to get that win over the Bengals, but Riley is not buying all of that nonsense whatsoever. Week 12, getting five and a half points against the Cowboys in Dallas. Week 13, they are laying two and a half points against the football team. Horse shit. John, you're going to love me saying this once again, my friend. (laughs) I will hammer the fuck out of the football team on the money line. I don't need the two and a half points. Give me the football team in week 13. Something tells me that's going to be flipped by the time we get there. You best believe it. So maybe if you have an opportunity to hammer it in right now, hammer that son of a bitch in right now. I don't know uh, if they have week 13 lines available, but if so, there you go. Week 14, they go to 10.5 point underdogs when going to Arrowhead Stadium yep. against the Chiefs, and then get 6.5 going to visit the Brownies and the Dog Pound in week 15. Week 16, they are laying 2.5 points against the Broncos, and I do believe that I will take the Broncos there once again. Uh, that game is in Allegiant, but honestly, that might be the game if they do split that the Raiders get. So maybe take the Raiders there i don't know week 17 18 close out the season as six point dogs against the colts in lucas oil and then one and a half point favorites favored yet again actually they weren't favored in the Chargers the first time i apologize favored by one and a half points against the chargers to close out the season in allegiant stadium Whew. all right so now you know uh full schedule all the betting lines humble opinion before we dive into it I don't think there's much value here in uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. I don't think so either. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of fadeable opportunities for this team. Uh, most notably, I love Baltimore in week one. Even though that is an Allegiant, that's going to be huge for Baltimore. Uh, we'll talk about way too early, so I don't want to uh, waste too much time there. I love the Chargers both times more than uh, more than I think most people would. Uh, I love, I love the bears getting three and a half. I would take the bears money line in that I already said it. I love the football team getting two and a half. We'll take the money line there. Cincinnati is fucking intriguing with you saying that, you know, how four and a half, four and a half, four and a half is, is that key underdog spread in the NFL. So man, you might have to give me that four and a half on the Bengals. 
And then I think the Chiefs absolutely run them out of town. I don't think 10.5 and, and 7.5 and are even good enough. Um, well, actually, maybe not because they have been some damn yeah. shootouts, and we said we were going to flip. I have so, to imagine they covered both games last so year. So maybe think about uh, – I, I actually walked back that statement a little bit. Actually, potentially think about taking that 10.5 and 7.5. And and Obviously, that's not till week 10 and week 14, so we got plenty of time. But a little early value look at. Partner, anything jumping off the screen at you as far as ease of cover, anything you might fade, might take? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a lot of fade territory, in my opinion here, especially those first three weeks. We'll see what the numbers do. Uh, I will say not much movement, but four and a half in week one now, six in week two against the Steelers. A nice uh, half move, half point movement for both teams. I think I might be fading them the first five weeks, kind of like we said, first six weeks, hell, honestly. And then uh, week seven and eight. We'll see what we get to by that point, but uh, I, mean, I mentioned it. The Giants and the Eagles are the two that I felt the most confident in, so yeah. it's going to be tough, man. It's going to be tough. I mean, fuck, dude. They could start the season 0-5. That's what I'm saying. They could very well start, start the season 0-5. 0-6. I mean, and if they're in a bad spot at that time, they could pick up a loss to the Eagles yeah, I was about uh, to say very easily 0-7. Holy cow. If that happens, Gruden might be out the door before they hit the fucking bye week. And I might not even make it to the bye before Gruden is out of town. I would it's it would be shocking to me, not from an Owen Seven standpoint, but yeah, I don't know. I don't don't know, know. man. There's hot takes as far as the uh, spreads go. Uh, Game totals. Nothing really to write home about right now. Obviously, told you about 2020. They were freaking wagon to the over that we didn't even know about just because it's probably going to be the same spread story as it was in 2020 they have some highs 53s 52 stuff like that but that's against the good teams like against the colts against the chiefs against really good teams and then everything else is right around that mid 40 46 47 48 so hey if they're going to have the opportunity to score and they're playing a decent offense they might be a wagon to the over once again. Right. I, I I can't call it right now because I don't know exactly what we're going to see out of this offense. I think Derek Carr is going to have to shoulder an enormous load just to have them have any type of success this year, and Josh Jacobs too. This, yeah. Man, we talked about it. This offensive line is going to screw them in more ways than I, I think we can already talk yeah. about. So that uh, that does it as far as over-under, uh, everything on that end of the spectrum. Now, uh, almost messed up and said my pick. I kind of did. But uh, before we keep it moving and grooving, talking about uh, the season win total, everything here before we switch over to the Chargers. Partner, way too early week one pick the Raiders. Welcome in the purple and black. It'll probably actually be white and black on that day as the Raiders welcome in the Ravens to Allegiant Stadium on week one. The Raiders are getting four points right now. Are you going to grab those up because you know you just got any opportunity take points in the NFL or you fading the hell out of it and you see the Ravens maybe even winning by a touchdown plus? I don't know if this will be in my bet slip for sure or not, but I am siding with the Ravens in this one. I think this is a brutal matchup for the Raiders, and I think Lamar Jackson absolutely embarrasses this defense. And uh, you know, I think they get enough pressure to hold it down to at least a touchdown. Um, I mentioned it's only four and a half. I don't think it'll go all the way up past the touchdown. I'd be hard-pressed to imagine it moves three points over the next couple of weeks. So if it gets up over a touchdown, I might be feeling differently. But anything under six, I probably probably going to be taking the Ravens. I would agree with everything you said there. Not really any need for me to waste too many time, too much time on it. Um, 
I, yeah, if it gets up to a touchdown, I'll probably avoid it. And much like you said, this probably isn't going in my bet slip right away because I don't know exactly what we'll see from the Ravens right. offense. I think it'll be good, but I'd avoid it in general. But gun to the head, as always, Ravens minus four. I'm hammering it in. So that does it. Weekly lines, everything. Let's quickly just talk about uh, their season win total uh, and then any outstanding value outside of that, which there's really not any outstanding value outside of that. So quickly, season win total, told you just a little while ago, it is set at seven wins for the Raiders. I scratched out seven and ten. Mag scratched out six and eleven. If that tells you anything, stay the hell away from the season right. win total. I think it stays under. I wouldn't. Right now, the over 7 is at minus 110, and the under 7 is at minus 110. I wanted to preface that because this is what I'm going to say. I wouldn't risk that chalk on, and that's not really even chalk, on a potential push at 7. And I think that they go under, but at minus 110, the books are clearly showing you I think they go under. So there's really no value in this one for me. I will... I'll avoid the Las Vegas Raiders season win total because I think it could happen just how we scratched it out or they could be piss poor, start 0-7, and it's an absolute dumpster fire. Right. I mean, I, I kind of echo what you said. If you really think it's going to be bad, maybe look at an under 5.5, but that seems real low, man. So, yeah, I'm staying away. Kind of what you said, the books, if it's both at minus 110 and it's right at 7, that just kind of screams to me that they're not totally sure. So I'll stay away altogether. Like I lean towards the under as well, though. 10-4. Now... As far as making or missing the playoffs, book don't have uh, much confidence in the Raiders. Yes is at plus 350. No is at minus 480. It would be an incredibly hard pull the rabbit out of your hat type moment for the Raiders if they were able to make the playoffs this year. Uh, They'd have to do a lot in the AFC West and then do a lot against their main eight non-divisional opponents. So... Obviously, that's going to be a no for me, but at minus 480, I'm not eating that chalk. I'm leaving it alone, and uh, if you're a diehard, maybe a little sprinkle on the yes, but I'd say stay the hell away. Yeah, I'm staying the hell away. I would say I guess their path is laid out for them. Obviously, they play two good potential playoff teams in their own division. They play three out of the AFC North potential playoff teams, and they play two AFC playoff teams in the Dolphins and Colts, so I suppose the path is there to beat those teams and be in position, but... I don't think they're going to beat those teams uh, except for maybe one or two. So I am staying way the hell away. Sure. And uh, just some evidence that the books are pretty much thinking that uh, the Raiders finish where our predictions are at right now. Uh, no real value here, but right now fourth in the AFC West to win it plus 1300 odds. No value really for me at all in the AFC, uh, neither for the books. 13th overall plus 3700 odds and then Super Bowl plus 7500 odds tied for 25th. They are also worse than the Giants. Giants and the that Falcons. So uh, no value there. Nothing we really need to uh, waste time on no. in that spectrum. The one thing I would say that kind of solidifies what we said, to finish exactly fourth in the, the in the division, they are at minus 130. That is one of the only teams that I've seen so far, except for a couple of very, very bad teams, that I've seen are right at that number in a minus spot. So that kind of solidifies to me that the books think they are finishing dead last in this division. Yeah, a favorite uh, selected to finish dead last. I'll probably be avoiding Unless it's all anything across. more than minus 200, like Texans <laughs> or Lions or something like that. It screams, yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, so once again, uh, stuff you're not going to find anywhere else. You're going to find exact odds of where the Las Vegas Raiders will finish in the AFC West here at the Talking the Line podcast, and we'll tell you whether it has any value or not. 
That's actually very surprising, and it might have some doggone value, boys and girls. I have no idea, but I'll probably be avoiding it. But thank you for mentioning it because it does loom large into everything else. All right, that does it. Full betting preview, Las Vegas Raiders. Let's uh, change the colors on the screen here to the LA Chargers. And now, kick things off the exact same way. Before I do, hyperspeed. Quick sip of some high-quality H2O. Now, as for 2020 for the Chargers against the number ATS, they uh, had an average line of 0.3, minus 0.3, so they were favored. Getting a little bit more love from the books. They think they see some improvements here in 2021, getting, giving a half a point on average, so minus 0.5 favorites. In 2021, they are favored in 11 games and underdogs in six games. So books, once again, uh, have some respect for what they're seeing and what they think this coaching staff does. In 2020, however, the Chargers were 9-7 and ATS with a 7-9 and straight-up record. As a favorite, they were 5-4 and four ATS, and as a dog, they were 4-3 and three ATS. At home in the brand-new SoFi Stadium, they were 4-4 four and four against the number as well as 4-4 four and four straight up. As a favorite, they were 3-3 three and three against the number and 1-1 one and one against the number as an underdog. On the road, however, uh, they were 5-3 and three against the number, 3-5 and five straight up. 2-1 ATS as a road favorite and 3-2 and two ATS as a road dog. Nothing majorly you can write home about there, but I think some of those numbers and some of those struggles are because of the curse of Anthony Lynn, and I think those are going to improve dramatically here in 2021. Not a whole lot you can say either about the over-unders, uh, the trends there from 2020, but once again, I think we might see this team turn into a bit of an over-team here in 2021. They had an average line of 47.9 in 2020. Books have ticked it up a few percentage points in 2021 to 48.1. I think that they have potential to smash some of those uh, totals, and we'll talk about that here in uh, the weekly lines. Last but certainly not least for the over-unders, uh, in 2020, they had a 9-7 and overall over-under record. They were 5-3 and to the under at home, 6-2 and to the over on the road, 5-4 and to the under as a favorite, and 5-2 and to the over as a dog. Nothing major you can really write home about there than other than maybe on the road and as the dog, they were solid to the over. But then again, who knows? We have full crowds in the stands this year, sure. so I don't know if you can really write home about that. We'll talk about that a little bit more in the weekly portion. Last but certainly not least here, teasers. Chargers are a team you need to add to your teasers, no doubt, even with having some of the piss-poor coaching decisions last year and some of the blown covers that they had last year. In six, seven, and 10-point teasers, all three of those categories, they held 14-2 and two records. So if you're looking for that extra leg, I think most assuredly even more this year, the Chargers are going to be a definite teaser ad. If you're uh, kicking the feet up Sunday morning, you just cracked open the first brew, games are about to rock and roll. Oh, ho, 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 I got to toss in a $20 teaser real sure, quick. Sure, sure enough. A little extra juice. Add the Chargers. All right, so that does it all from 2020. We are back into 2021 now. Uh, overall, I have a lot more faith, and I'm going to enjoy this a little bit more than we just talked about the Absolutely. Raiders. Um, overall, let me quickly run through uh, the weekly schedule here again. That way we're all on the same page. And then, partner, I'll just kick it over to you. You got any early value, anything like that. So week one, 
Again, playing that aforementioned Washington football team, they are laying one and a half points, and that game is played on the road. I do believe, as we talked about, that is the early loss, as brutal as it's going to be, that these Chargers will receive. So I would, I'll just tell you way too early, I think I'm going to take the Washington football team on the money line. Week two, they are laying a point and a half in or uh yeah this one is in sofi stadium this is in la against the cowboys then they're getting seven and a half points in week three against the chiefs laying four points in week four at home against the raiders already talked about that week five getting a point and a half against the browns week six they're getting five and a half points against the ravens and that is at mt bank stadium and then week seven is their bye week so week before the raiders week eight is for the raiders week seven for the chargers is their bye week so week eight they are giving two and a half points to the patriots in uh, week eight that game is played in sofi stadium they're also giving two points to the eagles in week nine that one is in philadelphia week 10 giving three points to the vikings giving two and a half points to the stillers in week 11 week 12 they're getting two and a half points to the broncos obviously that one being played in mile high you can understand that line 13 week 13 they are giving two and a half points to the Bengals, giving two or six points rather to the giants in week 14 getting six and a half points in week 15 to the chiefs close out their season 16 17 and 18 giving four and a half points to the texans giving three points to the broncos and getting a point and a half against the raiders overall I love that those numbers are so doggone small. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to dissect them too deep now because it's going to depend week to week. And truly what we see from Brandon Staley, Joe Lombardi, and Ronaldo Hill, no question about it. We obviously still know that this Chargers team blew a lot of covers last year, gave us a lot of issues. But as for me and you, Anthony Lynn's out of town. That's going to be one of the big things. That kind of what I'm thinking. I think they're going to have an immense amount of value Anything jumping off the page at you right off the bat, partner? Yeah, the couple of first thoughts that I have is week one and two, I feel like I'm pretty confident in what I expect from not only this team, but also Washington and Dallas. I think I'm going to be staying away, though. Maybe I'll be talked into it, but I think I'll be staying away just so I can solidify uh, what it is that I think I'm going to see. And then what I'm really looking forward to is out of the bye week, A, I guess what we see through those first six weeks, because they have their three, arguably their three toughest games on their schedule uh, at Chiefs and at Ravens and at home against the Browns. So if they come out of that stretch going three and three, those lines are going to be right around where they are right now against the Patriots, Eagles and uh, Vikings and Steelers. And I'll probably be scooping up just about every single one of those four lines. So I, you know, either they'll be right there or they'll look fantastic through the first five or six weeks. And those lines might be a little different, but I'm kind of anticipating that those weeks eight through 11 lines are going to be really tasty and really, uh, really coverable for this team, especially with three of uh, three of the four coming at home. All right. I'd agree with you on that end of the spectrum too. week eight. I'd be a little bit more tentative because uh, when we talked about sure. it in the schedule, that sure, was sure. my one loss for sure. the Chargers out of those other three. So outside of that, I, I would definitely agree with you on that end of the spectrum. And I think they have more than enough opportunity to if not miss it by one or two, almost match that 13 and four 
straight up record we did. I mm-hmm. I don't mind them thirteen and four ATS somewhere around there this season. Okay, I think at home they're going to be. That's really where I'm anticipating they're going to be making some people some money. I think they're going to be very good. Maybe they got a couple that uh, you know their dogs uh, against the Browns and the Chiefs, but aside from that, I've got a lot of faith of them in LA this year. Nine of their games are played at home, and most of them are uh, very, very tiny, minus two and a half, minus three spreads. Right. So, hey, that's always something you love to see. All right. Well, that does it. Uh, as far as game totals go, nothing really to talk about here uh, for the time being. They obviously do um, have some high totals with some of the teams they play, but for the most part, once again, it's right around those mid to even low 40s in some cases. Uh, mid 40s overall. Um, so they could turn into an over team here. We're just going to have to see exactly if this offense lives up to our predictions, which I do believe it does. I, I don't have any questions in my mind as far as that goes. So we'll have to wait and see, but nothing to write home about so far as the game totals go. I already told you guys mine partner way too early week one pick the chargers go to visit the Washington football team in, uh, FedEx FedEx field yeah it was at one point I think it's still FedEx I do believe or maybe they yanked it with everything going on who the hell knows knows. that's not here or there we're at way too early week one pick what are you thinking I gun to my head like I said I'll probably stay away from it gun to my head I'll think outside with Washington first two weeks have gone down from minus one and a half to minus one in favor of the Chargers I think I'll be siding with the with the football team but uh, as I mentioned I'll probably be staying away all right well, there you have it. There you go. All the weekly lines are way too early week one pick. Let's quickly talk about the season win total and then any additional value. We'll talk about some fantasy stuff and we'll get the hell on out of here. How about that? How about it? Man, we covered two teams solidly today, my Absolutely. friend. Absolutely. We still got a lot to go, but let's keep rocking and rolling. All right. Season win total set at nine and a half, my friends. Um, whether you're with mags on how you kind of get there or the path you get there through me, we both had 13 and four for these guys. The over nine and a half is at plus 110 and the under minus 135. You know, I'm very interested in that over at plus 110. I think it's very juicy odds. This might be one that I hammer in. I think that they set it at nine and a half just because of what the Chargers have been over the course of the last few years. And they expect a huge amount of people to hammer in that under. Mm Mm-hmm. I would take the plus 110. Give me the plus money, Paulie, at the over 9.5 here for the season win total. I think they get at least 11. I am right there with you. I uh, And for that matter, I'm going to be actually hammering in the alternate 10.5 at plus 170. I think that's got some value Ooh. to it. I, for how high on this team that I am, I can't pass that up. And, uh, you know, certainly if you're trying to be a little safer, that plus 110 certainly has its value itself. But. For me personally, with how high I am, I'm going to have to hammer in that alternate over. I like that at plus 170. That is, uh, that's, wow, that's actually really, really valuable. So, whew, I'm glad you mentioned that, partner. I am really glad you mentioned that. All right. So, yeah, potentially the over 10.5, too. But if you're not as crazy, that over 9.5 looks to be the right play. Make or miss the playoffs. To make the playoffs, they are dogs, but not by much. Plus 126. To miss the playoffs is at minus 154. Again, I got to take the plus money, Paulie. Take the value that I'm seeing. And I think that they have a way, even with not getting first overall in the AFC West, or maybe they even do if the Chiefs flub up here or there. I think they still can make it to the playoffs. Yeah. I uh, I like this play. I uh, still, I would prefer the over 10 and a half just because I think 11 wins is going to have to do it in the AFC. Maybe 10 wins will get it. And so maybe you would prefer that playoff spot. So I think it certainly has some value. But uh, personally, I'll head over to the 10 and a half with some juicier odds show enough 
Last but certainly not least, some of the uh, final closing um, kind of additional side bets and other value. As far as AFC West winner goes, I would lean to the Chiefs once again. I They do have a little bit of value, plus 490 for the Chargers right now to win it. That That's second. They are right behind the Chiefs. I think they finish second, but they still find a way to squeak into the playoffs, either via wild card spot or something else. So, yeah, I once again think that the over nine and a half or over ten and a half is going to be the most value here. Yeah, I uh, agree with you there. I uh, It's going to be, I'm like I said, for how much I like this team, it's going to be hard for me to not sprinkle on that plus 490, but hard to bet against the Kansas City Chiefs. So, for yeah. that matter, I will most likely be staying away. Um, mainly no value on conference winner, AFC winner, or Super Bowl. Um, there are a lot of other teams that could get the job yeah. done before them, but not saying the Chargers can't sneak in there and surprise all of us and then be a fun team to bet on in the playoffs. Right. Plus 1,600, uh, seventh place right now to win the AFC, and then in 15th place to take home the Lombardi from Super Bowl 56, plus 3,300 odds for the Chargers right now. Uh, a couple of different ones uh, to look at. If you're a big fan of Joey Bosa, he has Defensive Player of the Year odds right now. Uh, didn't drop those odds oh, in. Oh, goodness, that's but, my uh, bad. You wow. did have him at uh, sixth overall, and I know you were just kind of – That's my bad. Yeah, sorry. Going around over there. Um, another one while I'm getting uh, all those pulled up. I know Staley is uh, Coach of the Year at 1,300. All right, so Brandon Staley is the other one. I hadn't mentioned that yet, but Brandon Staley was yeah, the sorry, other was the side bet we were going to do. Uh, was coach of the year, so he's at plus 1,300. And, and then, then Bosa is at 1,700. At uh, 1,700 for defensive player of the year. Uh, you know where my thoughts lie. And, hey, John, you're going to like this again. But uh, I am with Chase Young, my friend, for uh, defensive player of the year. So I will avoid Joey Bosa. Potentially worth a look, but I'd say avoid it if that's uh, where you guys are leaning. And then Brandon Staley, coach of the year, not a bad look whatsoever no. at plus 1300 that almost might roll into my number two spot my number threes my three right now that i'm struggling with are sean mcveigh arthur smith and then now brandon staley okay. if arthur smith can turn around atlanta sure that's going to be absolutely huge sure if brandon staley can rip off 13 wins in la this is all but his right this is all but his so that got really interesting to me and McVeigh was my favorite, but I might just have shifted over a little bit to Brandon Staley. McVeigh, because he hasn't made it to the playoffs in a while, I don't want to say the Rams have been mediocre, but they've just been more quiet than they usually are. And it's just not that McVeigh team that you expect. And I think they're going to make waves in the NFL this year. But man, the more I think about it, if Brandon Staley can do what we're talking about, this coach of the year, just like Stefanski last year. Mm hmm. This is all but Staley's. I think the path is there. I don't know if I'll be hammering it in. I don't because there's a lot of guys that have a nice path for it, but I think Staley has the clearest path. And like you said, 13 wins, maybe even 12 for that matter, might just about do it. And if they fucking win the division, you absolutely can guarantee he's winning this thing. But uh, that would be my front runner for my favorite in this one. But I think I'll have to stay away, but we'll see. All right. Well, there you go. There you have it. The entire Season betting preview, the value we love from the Los Angeles Chargers this season. All right, my friends, we've made it to the fourth and final segment of NFL Special Edition number 17, episode 106 of the TTL pod, Chargers Raiders. It is now time to get back on the silver and black and give you our best fantasy advice. In start, stash, or pass for the Las Vegas Raiders. All right, we're going to go through this a little bit more hyperspeed than usual. Uh, so, quarterback room. 
partner, I'll let you kick things off here. We obviously have Derek Carr, QB1, and Marcus Mariota, QB2. Are you wasting any fantasy draft capital on either of these young men? And if you do, are you starting them, stashing them, or passing on them altogether? Uh, Mariota, no thank you. I did mention Derek Carr could be gone, if not middle of the season, by the end of the season. As far as his fantasy value, I don't think uh, that means I'll be passing on him. He was the number 13 QB last year. But like I said, I am worried about the offensive line. We're making him look terrible. So I want to pass on him. I'm sure he might be in that realm of when I typically draft quarterbacks, but I have to imagine there's going to be another guy that's right there. So I'm actually going to be passing on him despite but I think he could be still right around that uh, top 15 range. But I'll pass. I will pass. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of where my thoughts lie. I have gotten stuck with Derek Carr a few times in the past because he does kind of fall right into that draft strategy. Yeah. We, we draft typically very similar. We go after the high-level running backs. If those running backs aren't there, we go number one wide receiver, get right. all the big guys. So, you know, it's the classic draft strategy, and that sometimes happens. So if it's kind of getting there, what I'm thinking this year, if it's kind of getting to that spot, I really don't want to get stuck with Derek Carr again. I think that, I mean, I think he could be solid, be in the top 20 QBs, but he's not going to win you many games. He's not going to help you all too much. Uh, from a cumulative total, sure, but probably not from right. week to week. Right. So I will pass on him, too, with a strategy in my draft of hopefully avoiding him altogether. And if I see him getting close, scooping up the next best quarterback available, and then I will pass on Mariota as well. Uh, obviously, I haven't seen a ton of fantasy production from him. But like you said, partner, if Derek Carr is out, then he could potentially soar through the ceiling and have uh, a, a sky-high ceiling, rather. So we'll see. But I'm going to pass on both of these guys for now. Running back room, you have Josh Jacobs, status of Kenyon Drake, still a little bit up in the air, and then a very muddy back backfield headed by Jalen Richard. I'm going to pass on Jalen Richard. Uh, I've tried to add him to my fantasy team time and time and time again, even in just a minor flex role, and it just does not work out. It, it, it never does. Don't try and convince yourself of it. He's a great player. He's a great, great, great uh, back in uh, Las Vegas. Nothing against that, but he's just not a great fantasy back. Uh, Josh Jacobs. I think we're going to have to temper expectations just a little bit for him this year. I will scoop him up, but I will only give him my RB2 spot with a potential of a flex floor from week to week. Uh, there was a few weeks where he put up single digits last week and cost me a few fantasy games because I bought into all of the snake mm -hmm. oil of Josh mm -hmm. Jacobs over the past two years, and I was sorely disappointed last year. So I think we see more of the same, maybe a little bit of an uptick but not enough to get him back into that RB1 talk whatsoever. So I'll keep him as my RB2. And then without really knowing the status of Kenyon Drake, I put him in the flex tier with RB2 upside on a good day. Yep. I'll leave him in flex for the most part. Um, if I had to choose, I would totally pass on Richard. Uh, I already told you that, but uh, maybe potentially get a little spot on Kenyon Drake. Bean. Maybe he steals all the uh, receiving work from Jacobs, as we have seen in the past with the other backs in that backfield. However, Drake isn't a very good receiving back, so who knows what even happens in that department. So if anybody, I'm targeting Jacobs. Lock him in as an RB2. Week to week, be cautious. Might have some flex downside, so you might want to have somebody else to back him up. And then also put a bench spot on Mr. Kenyon Drake for the time being. I am actually going to pass on Kenyon Drake. He certainly has some value, but uh, you mentioned with Josh Jacobs, Drake over the course of the last few years is one of the biggest, maybe the poster child for running backs in fantasy that 
Might have some days that he'll get over 20 points. He is going to have just as many days where he gets you five or less. And I don't like those guys, especially not at running back, trying to win me some games. So I'm going to be passing on him for that matter. And then Josh Jacobs, he was number eight running back last year. He is very good. But as I mentioned at the top of the show, I don't think this offensive line is going to be doing him any favors. And kind of like you said last year where you had a lot of high hopes for him, I have to imagine there's going to be at least a handful of people thinking that uh, in year three, what I believe is year three, he's going to have a nice jump. Skill-wise, I would agree with that, but I think the situation is not there. I think he might finish outside of the top 10 running backs in points. So if he falls to me, which I don't expect, I would absolutely start him as a running back two or even a flex, but I'm not drafting him in the first two rounds. Not Not a chance. No, me either. He uh, definitely falls out of that category for me this year. And I hate to say it because I absolutely, uh, I don't, I still love him as a football player, but just as a fantasy player, I I can't buy into it again this year. Uh, Wide receiver room. I'm going to pass on Hunter Renfro. I will also pass on Brian Edwards and I will stash Henry Ruggs for now. You mentioned it in your analysis in the team breakdown. Um, Henry Ruggs is just not the number one receiver option that I want to see. I would rather see him in a slot maybe a number two wide receiver option um he's good he's got burners but he's just not the outside threat that you need um at best i see wide receiver three ceiling for him this year i think he's going to fall down into more of that flex tier i think Derek carr is going to struggle i think this offensive line is going to struggle they're going to try and run the ball more than they need to and it's just going to be a dumpster fire and a half so i would say avoid the wide receiver room altogether except Henry Ruggs, uh, definitely, if you get him in some of the later rounds, he's definitely worth a flex wide receiver three spot. Sure. I echo most of what you're saying. I'll save some time because I I will also stash Henry Ruggs just based off talent. I still have to imagine that someone's going to overdraft him based yeah. off talent alone. Yeah. And I have no interest in doing that. I would love to, if he falls to me, I would love to have him. i love to take a flyer on him. Dynasty that will be in certainly has a little bit more value because I did mention I think he's going to have a good career. I just don't think mm-hmm. it's going to start this year. So. Sure. I'll pass on the whole rest of the lot of them, and uh, yeah, I'll stash Henry Ruggs. All right, and tight end room. Only really one you need to worry about, Darren Waller the baller. Right. Uh, Obviously, must grab in the draft if you can get your hands on him. No doubt, TE1 for your team, and in my opinion has the opportunity to finish as TE1 this year. Sure does. I think he could overtake Kelsey and Kittle with just some of the changes and happenings on both of their teams respectively. So, man, oh, man, give me uh, early hot take, as I've had a few already, early hot take for Darren Waller to finish the fantasy season in 2021 as the number one overall tight end. All right. I uh, I won't go that far. I, uh, I think he's going to be fantastic. I think he's going to be top three, no question about it. Like what you said, I can buy into it. I'll personally just, uh, you know, probably wait on him. Uh, I uh, I would love to have him, no question about it. But uh, one of the, like I said, I think yesterday, I typically don't reach for tight ends. But as I mentioned yesterday, I'll say it again. There is a big old drop off of after the top four or five tight ends. So maybe you want to reach for him because he will put up some numbers, no question about it. By about 20 and a half points, that drop off mm-hmm. is. It's not good at no. all. So yeah, if you can get your hands on him, get your hands on him. Uh, but you can definitely find... Some fillers here or there that are going to have some uh, season-long value. Last but certainly not least, well, actually two more, uh, the Kickers now in Las Vegas. They are bringing back Daniel Carlson. Uh, Nothing really major to write home about from a fantasy perspective last year. I suggest you just pass on him, let him fall if you need to fill 
I wouldn't even scoop him up. There's plenty of other guys you can find before you get a hold of Carlson. But then again, he might have a big year with, uh, I don't see the Raiders getting in the end zone all too often, but I do see him getting into the 40-year in. So maybe he has That's a big year. Yeah. Uh, maybe he does. So something worth thinking about there uh, with Daniel Carlson. And then as far as that defense goes, uh, yeah, let them bad boys follow the waiver wire. Do not waste a red flag on them. I think they are going to finish 25th or worst in uh, terms of fantasy points this year in the league. I don't think there's any even more you need to say about that. I don't think so. Funny enough, I feel like they might have some playoff value. They play the Giants in Week 14 and the Texans in Week 16. So maybe they're a waiver wire. Uh, don't have a too too much of a solidified defense for your playoff team. And uh, you know, you're know you plugging and playing week by week of defense. Maybe that's a playoff ad for you. I don't know. That's about all the value. Even then, I don't know. <laughs> I might even not. Maybe a streaming maybe, option. Maybe Big in those maybe. couple of weeks. But oh, other than that, I'll, I'll hard pass. A capital M-A-Y-B. Yeah on potential (laughs) streaming option for the Raiders defense at the end of the year. There you go. There you have it. The entire Raiders fantasy value from yours truly and Mr. Armags in start, stash, or pass. Let's quickly change the colors. Head on over to Los Angeles for the Chargers start, stash, or pass. Uh, QB room, my friend. We have, uh, obviously, Mr. Justin Herbert. And then I don't even believe that I mentioned his backup because I don't even think that it all too matters. Mr. Chase, Chase Daniel. Daniel. My man, Mr. <laughs> Chase Daniel. My fucking man. Um, as far as Chase Daniel goes, obviously, no, uh, yeah. no fantasy value there. But... I do believe Herbert uh, has plenty of potential to uh, finish in the top 10. I'm I'm very interested to what people will think across the board. Right. Are people going to think that he's going to have some regression here? That was just rookie luck. He was really lucky on third downs. He was really lucky early in the games, whatever the case might be, whatever they want to cook up. Is that what it's going to be? And I hope so. I really hope so. I hope he falls to the 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th round. I hope so, because I will scoop him up so fucking fast as my QB1, it will make your head spin. I love Justin Herbert to finish well within the top 10 QBs in fantasy this year. I don't even think that's uh, in question no. at all. So in my mind, I got to pick him up. I got to put him in uh, in a spot. What do you think it do? Yeah, this, uh, I'll be right there with you. He was number nine quarterback last year, even after missing that first week. So I could see him finishing top five. You have to remember, or Austin Eckler, I, I think missed about seven or so games. Throw him back in that lineup. Not only does it make their offense more dangerous, that improves Herbert's chance of passing touchdowns going through the freaking roof so because true. Austin Eckler, he might have double-digit pass-catching touchdowns yep. this year. So I am absolutely starting uh, Justin Herbert. I think he could be top five uh, fantasy quarterback this year. It, certainly top seven, but I'm I'm going to go ahead and say top five. All right. I am uh, actually right there with you with Herbert. Uh, I would uh, move away from the top ten and move on into the top yep. five for sure. I think we see that production from him. Sweet. Running back room, uh, Justin Jackson and Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler obviously going to be the, the RB1 here in uh, L.A. I think you need to temper expectations just a little to start the season, okay? Just a little. Draft him as an RB2 because I think people are going to let him slide because they saw the injuries, they saw the stuff, they might have some question marks. Draft him as an RB2 and watch him become your RB1 by week four, week three, week four. Okay. I think... He starts the season as RB2, but has ridiculous RB1 upside. I I just don't know that you get the RB1 production right off the bat. I don't know right off the bat, like, especially against the Washington football team. You need that right off the bat in week one. Make a statement in your league. 
I think you got to draft him as an RB2, but have the anticipation that he's going to be an RB1. Justin Jackson, not unworthy of a handcuff. No. When Eckler went out last year, he did pick up a sizable share of the workload and was very solid, did put up RB2 numbers in his own right. So I think he's worth a handcuff if you do get your hands on Eckler or if somebody gets their hands on Eckler before him, maybe a potential steal. If you're way down there and he's fallen and you got an extra bench spot, I would say definitely waste it, not even waste it really, on sure, Justin Jackson. Sure. So that's my thoughts on the RB room. What do you think? Yeah, I with Justin Jackson, I'm right there with you. I am going to handcuff him if I have Austin Eckler. Might even consider picking him up uh, in case anything happens to Austin Eckler, even if I don't have Austin Eckler. I think I'm a little higher on Eckler, but I might be biased because I've had him the last two years actually yeah, having, having the injury issues last, uh, last year kind of hurt me, but he did come back. Uh, and not hurt me. you enough. Didn't hurt you sure. enough. But two years ago, that's why I'm saying I'm biased because I had a lot. That was my best fantasy draft I've ever had in my life. And Austin Eckler, I, I picked him up in, I want to say, at least the eighth round. That's ridiculous. And he, yeah, I had an absolute fucking squad. And he was one of the reasons that got me over the edge. El so, Nino. Yeah, baby. But uh, I will absolutely take him. I would take him as an – I don't hate what you said as far as week one, tough defense in the Washington football yeah. team. But I'd be willing to take him uh, pretty damn high. He had an average of 16.5 points per game in PPR, even when he uh, – you know, obviously that's subtracting the games that he missed. So I th- want to say he still finished like top 25 running back points even without those seven weeks. Sure. So I'll absolutely be taking him. Um, not sure if it'll be first round, second round. Probably be right on the edge of there uh, for a second round. But I am sure. absolutely taking my man once again. Sure. Uh, I, it might be just a little bit of a struggle for Eckler. I wanted to build on that just a little more. It might be a little bit of a struggle through the first five weeks. Uh, the Ravens rank eighth in defensive rush efficiency. Browns rank 18th. And the football team ranks 13th. But the boys, Chiefs, and Raiders, 24th, 29th, and 31st, respectively. So he has a little bit of opportunity there, which why I'm telling you I think it's going to be that RB2 number. It's going to just kind of even out, and then we get on, turn the fuck up, Austin Eckler. It is nothing but green, 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 20-plus in uh, defensive rush efficiency that he's facing. So I think out of their bye week, out of week seven, week eight, absolute explosion from Austin Eckler. Yeah, and what I was saying, I have to include the caveat that, that it was 100% with PPR implications involved. Sure, sure. If you're not on PPR, you got to get on that train, first of all. Second yeah, of all, what are you doing? Austin Eckler is the poster child for huge splits as far as PPR and non-PPR. If it's not PPR, he's still worth the roster spot, but he's certainly nowhere near running back one or maybe even running back two. I'm interested to see what those numbers look like because we've been playing PPR for a while, but yeah. 100% of what I was saying was with the caveat that it is PPR. Absolutely. Wide receiver room obviously has loads and loads and loads of value. They don't play the hardest um, defensive uh, pass efficiency schedule in the world by any means. Uh, Keenan Allen, Oh, I'm just so scared. I've taken him so many times, and you know, he has the wide receiver one potential. You can never question that with Keenan Allen. He is a dog. He will always be a dog. He's one of the best receivers in the league. The problem is, is I don't think he's had the offense to make him as successful and keep him healthy as he needs to be. Enter Joe Lombardi. I think it's going to be perfect match. And Joe Lombardi, just to go quickly back to Austin Eckler, Joe Lombardi is going to make that man look absolutely beautiful. Joe Lombardi's run uh, offense is absolutely electrifying. We saw it multiple times already with different teams. That being said, Mike Williams, 
I am going to stash him for the time being. If if he's hanging around, I get a bench spot or something, I will temper my expectations solely to a very low flex floor with week-to-week potential with a touchdown here or there to get into the wide receiver three category. But he just hasn't shown me enough week-to-week to where I can put all my faith in him to solidify him in as my flex spot. Keenan Allen, back to him. I will make him my wide receiver too. I'm just very concerned about health and maybe potentially some weeks Austin Eckler might have the most receptions on the field. So I'm going to temper expectations for him. I'm going to make him my wide receiver too. I absolutely will draft Keenan Allen. No Mm -hmm. question in my mind with the potential for wide receiver one production week to week. Maybe you get a 30, 40, 50 point game out of him and it absolutely blows your mind and everybody hates you in the league because of it. That's very viable. Uh, Outside of that, I pass on everybody else, and I would keep an eye on Jalen Guyton. Okay. Um, I would I'd put a flag on him. Uh, like I said earlier on in the show, he showed flashes last year when needed to, and I think that he definitely can once again. If you need a streaming option here or there, if one of these receivers gets hurt, he will be able to fill yeah. in plenty. Probably a wide receiver three ceiling, definitely a high flex floor. Um, so that would be my opinions in general. Obviously, I'm the highest on Keenan Allen. Sure. I can't add too much on you. I also think Keenan Allen, I think it's health-based. If he's held 100% healthy all 17 games, he's going to be in that top 10 receiver category. He was number 13 last year. Uh, I, I hesitate to say top five, but I think he could be knocking on that door if he's 100% healthy. Mm-hmm. Mike Williams, I'm pretty similar on you. Once again, if he's healthy, he's just had some health issues. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it was him that's having a hamstring injury right now, right? Yep. So I'm a little skeptical in that category specifically. If he's 100% healthy, I would like him as a flex spot. Had a 10.8 average last year. So I kind of like that. uh, You know, once again, not going to reach too high for him. But uh, he might be a guy that I'm I'm looking for. Love what you said about Guyton. I think whether it's him, I do think he would be the one. I think there's going to be a third receiver in this room, whether they have to fill in for injury or just regardless, regardless, it's going to have a lot of production here i think guyton would be that best bet so i would also stash him as well yeah and i'm just not sure that i have enough faith in tyron johnson no Uh, i i think all honestly that guyton will lap johnson by week one here okay in my opinion so definitely worth a uh, little red flag and then maybe palmer in a dynasty a little uh maybe 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 down the road don't think it's gonna be enough uh impact in uh year one here though yeah definitely not but maybe josh palmer for sure he uh i I was able to look a little bit on it and he did rip the absolute cover off the defenses in tennessee so definitely worth a dynasty look there too so wide receiver room tight end room for the chargers i talked about it earlier on in the show i am not throwing any shade at jared cook and as you just mentioned partner you get out of the top three top five there is a severe drop off in production at the tight end position fantasy wise and i think that jared cook might be one of those gems this year He's not going to get you double digits every week, right. but he's going to get you damn close. And in some weeks, he might even get you close to 20 right. because he gets two touchdowns. And I also said it, you think back to Hunter Henry. You think back to Antonio Gates. Year over year over year, regardless if they're in San Diego or if they're in L.A., the Chargers have always had a good tight end. Mm-hmm. They have always been able to utilize their tight end well. Now, will that be the same with Lombardi, with Staley? Is that all... I think so. I don't think we're going to have to worry about it. And I think that Jared Cook's going to be one of the diamond in the rough tight ends uh, for you to find. Definitely draft if he's still hanging around way late and uh, with the potential to win you a few games from sure. week to week. Yeah, I I, I kind of echo what you're saying here. He was number 13 tight end last year. I think he cracked that top 10 for sure. 
He's going to be a consistent uh, contributor here. If he is your weakest link on your team, you're doing something well. If he's one of your top three, you're leaning on him to be one of your top three scorers, and you might have some troubles. But, yeah. you know, if the tight end position is your weakest spot in your entire lineup, I would not hate to have Jared Cook. He's going to be consistent enough to keep you afloat and give you the points that you probably need. Absolutely. Absolutely. So do not buy into the hate on Jared Cook for both of us this year. I think he has a solid, solid season in L.A. Excuse me. As far as... The kickers go. Um, not offhand, can I tell you, but I can right now. Uh, Michael Bagley. How did I not know Michael Bagley? Or Badgley. Badgley it yeah. is Badgley. Uh, yeah, Michael Badgley obviously has always been solid, um, has produced year in and year out, has had a few times where he misses key field goals sure. that might cost you a sure. game. Uh, honestly, if it's one of those tight 104 to 102 and you need him to make three field goals, right. he only makes two. And it's just like, oh my gosh, and he misses that other one. So definitely uh, worth a look. Uh, Badgley also might be trying to light a little bit of a fire under his ass, so might even be more of a reason to look. They did bring in Tristan uh, Viscaino uh, as a little bit of competition for him, so something to potentially take note of there. Uh, maybe Badgley has a huge season because yeah. he's had some uh, competition here in the offseason. Yeah, I'd definitely be interested to have him. I think this offense is just going to put him in a uh, position. And like you said, for whatever strange reason, uh, who, I'm, I'm interested in whoever the kicker is, is basically what I'm trying to say. I think it's going to be Badgley. I would bet uh, bet a lot on him being the guy. But for whatever reason, if he's uh, struggling or has some injuries, I would take whoever it is. Sure enough. Last but not least, the defensive unit. I am a little nervous about this unit. I think they have potential to finish top 15, maybe even better, but they're going to have to do a lot to do so. And I don't know if they have the firepower in the secondary or enough in the front seven to help some of the big names really produce like they need to in yeah. order to get those numbers. If they are one of the only teams hanging around that is that mediocre, I would put them at the top tier of some yeah. of those mediocre defenses, especially uh, with Brandon Staley at the helm now right. and Ronaldo Hill being a proven name as well. But I would pass on them overall. I'm sure you could find a better defense. But again, if they're one of the mediocre defenses hanging around, I would put them at the top tier of that and definitely worth your roster spot. Not going to win you a whole bunch of games, but will definitely keep you in float. No question about it. Yeah, I'm interested to keep a watch on these guys. I'm a little lower than I am on, you know, just their actual team breakdown as far as a fantasy perspective. Because I do think they're going to keep their uh, this offense in games. But as far as a fantasy perspective, I think there's going to be a handful of shootouts. And uh, there might be a handful of negative point weeks here, especially you look at week two against the Cowboys, a couple of games against the Chiefs. Those games against the Raiders are going to be high scoring. So might be a few weeks where you can target them. But overall, I will just keep a nice little watch on them. Woo! Hey, man, we did pretty damn solid for the time there, Holy I would say. Holy cow. 11.47, we only went 17 minutes longer than the typical standard show, and we covered two full teams today. So before we wrap up the full show, we got to send these uh, two aforementioned teams, the teams we've been covering, to, or covering today, on their way, the only way we know how. So first things first. Two, John Gruden, Greg Olson, and Gus Bradley. Good luck to your season. We wish you nothing but the best, and we hope you have a lot of success. Godspeed. Fingers crossed for you. Fingers crossed for you. <laughs> but over to the Chargers, to Brandon Staley, new coach Joe Lombardi, and new defensive coordinator, Ronaldo Hill. Correct. Good luck. 
We wish you the best. We hope you have an equally stupendous season. And as always, Godspeed. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that does it officially. Episode 106 of the Talk in the Line podcast, the 17th official NFL special edition. Now, 22, 2, 2 days away from the start of the NFL regular season, 7.20 p.m. Central Standard Time. It goes down on Thursday night, September the 9th. Bucks, Cowboys, no question about it. Be there or be square. We are going to be there all the way leading up to kickoff. You best believe it. Now, before we put a uh, cherry on top of the show, a little bit of whipped cream, if you could be so kind, partner. Uh, anything burning on the brain, melting on the heart, festering on the soul, you have been dying to get out to the kind folks that joined us on episode number 106 of the TTL pod on this beautiful August 19th, 2021. All right, how about a little uh, recap between these two teams' history? The oh. Raiders lead this series. They've been, uh, I don't know how long, uh, I guess I should have looked harder into that. I imagine they've been in the same division. Obviously, they have been in our lifetime. Sure. I think they probably have been for quite a long time. Raiders lead this series 66-55 to 55, uh, with two ties. Nice little edge for the Raiders in the series. Obviously, there were some uh, very nice eras there for the Raiders in the 70s and 80s. Chargers had uh, you know a couple times there as well. But as far as points scored, Raiders 27.05 to Chargers 26.79. So if the Chargers win both those two games, they might close that gap on that one and uh, get on their way of closing the series gap. Uh, but amongst that 66.55-2, only one playoff game, surprisingly enough. Back in 1981, the AFC Championship game, the Raiders won that one and went on to win Super Bowl 15 for the black and silver. Can't think of who was coach at the time. I should probably know that one, but, uh, you know, the Raiders got Raiders at the edge in this one, and uh, I can see the Chargers closing that gap with Justin Herbert at the helm here in this next decade, my friend. How about you? John Madden. Was it in that one? John Madden, yeah. Well, I knew he was their old coach. I just didn't know if uh, that one specifically. The Super, he was the one who got the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was that one. Well, they won multiple Super Bowls. Well, yeah, but I think it was that one because I, I actually why I think it was that one. I just watched Al Davis versus the NFL the other mm -hmm. night, and that was like where the Raiders lost was it was like the Steelers game, the the immaculate reception, and then there was another down year, and then in '81, Tom Flores. It was Flores, so it would have been '78. Would have been Madden then. I got one of those years mixed up somewhere. I don't know. Either yeah, don't way, know. thank you, partner, of because, uh, hey, we covered both teams today, and they play each other an awful lot, so we all got to know how they do against each other. Yep. Uh, also, John Madden was the 70s. Sorry to He was the 70s, yep. so there you go. So it was 78. I was on uh, – <laughs> I was close. I was close, uh, but obviously wasn't around. I wasn't even a twinkle in my daddy's eye no, at that sir. point in time. But uh, that all being said, uh, I do have a sidebar as well myself. Uh, that was kind of it. Uh, watched Al Davis versus the NFL the other night. I know it's been out uh, 30 for 30 for a while, but I just never clicked it on. No. They used some CGI, some different stuff in there that was absolutely fucking killer, man. Yeah. Like, I, I got a lot of... I flipped it on just to flip something on, and I was scrolling through Twitter, putting some out some content, doing some different stuff. Brought and, you back in. And it sucked me in, and I was like whoa what are they doing here like this this is pretty damn good this is actually really damn good and i mean you know you know me i mean I, if if you don't know i i wear the black sheep on my forehead i'm a little bit of a rebel i'm a little bit of a i'm a little bit off the cuff i'm a little bit different if you didn't know um 
and I kind of resonate with Al Davis. Okay. I like that bad boy, fuck him, just win, just baby, win, baby. Mentality. I, I I liked it a lot. It was really good. I think it's uh, I think it's definitely worth a look. Well, having brought a couple things together, if Al Davis was still around, John Gruden might not still be around, new. my friends. New, new. Uh, Raiders have a history of letting some coaches go after their first two, three years, or if not sooner, if they ain't having the success. Like I said, though, I still think John Gruden's a damn good coach. I think sure. uh, the talent acquisition has been... Uh, piss poor to say uh well, to put it generously well gruden did great in his first trip around his first tenure with oh, yeah. the uh, raiders he had a tailed off he had a winning he had a winning record but yeah tailed off a little bit at the end but not anything terrible at all and now he's just had nothing but a losing record so mm-hmm. it's just like man oh man where <laughs> where are we missing and i think that might be it just talent development and then talent acquisition right <laughs> not very good for las vegas so far so we'll see what happens in uh 2021 we obviously don't have the highest hopes for them but huge hopes uh for the chargers so there you go thank you for your sidebar partner got me into another sidebar there so there you go there you have it uh before i put the proverbial cherry on top of this podcast with my motivation minutes uh, a couple things to remind you about if you weren't here for the beginning of the show make sure you visit the link tree in this episode's description you'll see the talking the line website there up at the top also all of our social platforms across the board and additional content so you can consume it all whenever however however whoever whichever you please all everything in between uh we are still cashing tickets uh i had a break even seven and seven day uh my last three bets of the night it looks like i was going to go um 10 and four and my last three bets of the night just absolutely busted bad beats so seven and seven nothing crazy i am uh like 35 and 21 for the week i do believe so nothing nothing bad at all hey oh for sure yeah uh you went positive yesterday two and two but all dogs so i went about a half unit positive i think hey so not bad at all still positive money we're still cashing tickets obviously you know if you played mlb in any type of capacity 55% 55% or better is absolutely electrifying. Mm-hmm. You're, you're Most of the time, you're good to go about 50%. Um, so we're still cashing tickets. If you guys uh, need some MLB plays, you want to throw together a parlay, or you just need some straight plays, you know we don't uh, recommend doing the parlays. We recommend straight plays off of our bets. Stick to your units. Check us out on the Action app. You can get me at cash underscore with underscore Colt. Riley is at rmags in all caps. Once we get back to business as usual, uh, regular pick show, daily sports gambling show, get out of the NFL editions. You can find all of those best bets at Talking the Line on the Action app. Then we're also working with, excuse me, working with another app right now. Uh, we'll be able to tell you guys about that very shortly. They made some uh, new improvements I was seeing this morning as I was uh, taking it for my usual daily test drive. Uh, just been trying it out, checking it out, seeing what it's all about. And uh, I think it's going to be very valuable, not only for you guys to uh, check out our plays, but also for us to be able to connect with you and vice versa. Right. There is that. And then also you can get all of our best bets and actually bet them directly from our website, talkingtheline.com. Click the Today's Best Bets tab or the Live Lines and Odds. We also have Live Lines and Odds, and it'll show all your favorite sports books there so you can bet however, whenever you want. We make it super easy for you. And then if you like our plays, it's in an additional tab there as well. So you'll see all of that. And then loads of additional content, blogs, other featured content, all types of stuff all over our website. So make sure you guys check that out. Uh, not just a little one-page flicker through. That's about uh, 10, 7, 8, 9, 10 pages. I'm not sure how many it is, but we got all types of shit yeah. going on over there. Make sure you check out the website. Uh, we are hot and heavy. One final reminder in uh, the process of working on our next new show. Uh, we actually received back the intro today oh baby. oh baby um first things first huge shout out 
to my man Seabass at Sebastian Luck Music, L-U-C Music. Um, you can find him on Twitter. You can also find his brother. Uh, they are two of the most electric young individual uh, Peruvian gentlemen that I know, and uh, they're they're my young guns. They're a couple oh, cu- couple years younger than us, but they have a grind. Uh, they got a couple of mentalities on those young men, and they make absolutely killer music uh whether you like trap whether you like house music whether you like dubstep whatever whatever you like those guys have something for you and anytime i need a little intro i say hey see best you got anything in the folder i can rock with sends me about five different options i see what i like send it on over to him he masters it absolutely perfectly once again thank you so much Sebash. you are the fucking shit i can't tell you how much i appreciate you probably gonna clip this up just so you can see this on of twitter course. too because you're not a big sports gambler so you don't tend to tune into the show that often but i gotta give you credit where it's due you absolutely murdered the intro for you thought i was gonna slip and tell you the, <laughs> the name of the show but i'm not <laughs> you wish uh you're still just gonna have to wait and find out still shooting for uh beginning of september not sure if it's gonna be the first week or the second week um as usual got a lot of stuff to learn a lot of stuff to research didn't go to school for uh technology or go to podcasting for so uh just gotta research gotta learn i think i should be able to get it done within the next week and a couple of days here so no worries but we'll let you know for sure drop date and when you should anticipate to see the uh first episode of the I <laughs> got you again. It is coming though, folks. I uh, just want to tell you that we cannot wait to bring you guys this. Um, we can't wait to do it ourselves. Uh, I mean, I just from a sheer fan perspective on our end. Right. Maybe that's another hint for you. Too. Right. There you go. That's all I'm going to say. That does it. All the updates, everything you guys need to know about. Uh, let me get you guys on out of here. But before I do, I got to share a little inspiration and motivation with you guys quickly in my motivation minutes. Now, this one's going to be short today. Uh, You know, I've told you guys from time to time, I have G4 classification to talk about some of these things that I do because I've lived it, I've been through it, but I do not claim to be any type of swami, any type of genius or or, uh, shaman when it comes to how to live life. I just have found keys here and there that have lined up with a lot of people who are much smarter than me and know how to tackle life much better than I do some of my thoughts lined up with them so I figured I'd just share them with you guys so maybe we can all handle this thing called life a little bit easier well that all being said I still gotta search for things from time to time I still gotta put on my mental and spiritual armor I tell I tell you guys about that all the time I still have to work at this I'm not perfect I still have to work to keep my mind in check to be able to stay at peace in the world that we constantly live in it it's not easy I know it so I work at it too I'm right there with you guys and I actually stumbled upon something last night um, just flicking through some pages nothing uh, all too major and I thought well hell that's pretty doggone fitting for tomorrow um, because I've talked a lot about adversity this week and over the course of the past uh, past few weeks, mm-hmm. actually, just kind of battling adversity, ways to get through it, different type of things. And these all kind of circled around my individual messages. I don't know if it's been exactly eight days, but it was kind of interesting. And I'd found it, and it kind of hit me, and I just wanted to share it with you guys, give you something different to think about, and uh, just let you go on about your way. So... This is entitled, Eight Things to Remember When You're Going Through Tough Times. How about that? Number one, everything can and will change. 
Number two, you've overcome many challenges before. Number three, it's only a learning experience. Number four, not getting what you want can be a blessing. Number five, allow yourself to have some fun. Number six, being kind to yourself is the best medicine. Number seven, other people's negativity isn't yours to worry about. Number eight, and there is always, always, always something to be thankful for. Now, I think those are all so powerful that they bear mentioning one more time, and I will do so. Um, but, I mean, think about it. <laughs> Everything I've been talking about, not getting what you want can be a blessing. I talked about it. Just be happy where you're at. Just be with what you got, what you have. Just be grateful for today. There's always, always, always something to be thankful for. Not even two days ago, I was telling you guys to be grateful. They all just really lined up and how it all just kind of came together. I just, wow, I, I got to share it with these guys. So one more time, let me give it to you. I mean, they're really self-explanatory, but uh, they really do mean a lot. And I hope that these eight things you can hold on to the next time you face a little bit of adversity. Number one, everything can and will change. Number two, you've overcome many challenges before. Number three, it's only a learning experience. Number four, not getting what you want can be a blessing. Number five, just allow yourself to have some fun. Number six, being kind to yourself is the best medicine. Number seven, other people's negativity isn't yours to worry about. And number eight, there is always... Always, always something to be thankful for. Not much else for me today, my friends. Come to you with a full heart. Another opportunity to bring these messages to you guys. And as I get a little choked up thinking this, I, I'm just beyond grateful because we battle tough times all the time, not only with TTL Sports Media, but myself personally. And, and we hit walls and we we can't deny it, but... It's so important to remember these things, guys, because there's always tomorrow. There's always a new opportunity. You're all going to learn something from this adversity, and you're going to become a better version of yourself. And if you can't remember any of this, just remember to be thankful. And that does it for my motivation minutes of the day. Can't add too much, my man. I, each one of them has its own, uh, you know, freaking meaning. So <laughs> I don't even know where I would even start. So I, I love every bit of it. And uh, yeah, it ties in so much of what you talk about every single day. So solid stuff. Thank you, sir. I thought it was uh, something that needed shared. And uh, obviously, if it got me choked up, I hope it did it <laughs> the same to you guys, too. So there you go. My motivation minutes for the day. All right, my friends. That officially does it. Uh, three minutes past noon. We got some work to do. It's going to be a late afternoon for me and your boy over there. Uh, outside of that, uh, nothing else I got to mention. Anything I missed, partner? Any late breaking news? Anything uh, we didn't get to here? No, sir. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, degenerates, gamblers, Raiders fans, Chargers fans, fans of the NFL Shield, NFL betters, fantasy football players, if I left anybody out, fuck, I'm sorry. I appreciate you too far and wide from myself and Mags. Thank you so much 
for stopping by the Talking the Line podcast today, the 17th NFL Special Edition, 22 days before the start of the NFL season. Oh my gosh, we might have breaking news. Minor news, Kenyon Drake is apparently back at practice and he's all right. Kenyon Drake is good to go. So everything I've told you about through the course of the show, Kenyon Drake is back, ready to rock and roll. Still might pass on him from a fantasy sure. perspective yeah. for the time being. Doesn't change anything about that. Doesn't really change much about that, but uh, maybe we see some improvements from Kenyon Drake this year. But again, all of you that I just mentioned, for myself and Mags, thank you so much for stopping by today's show. We can't tell you how much we appreciate you sharing your time with us and giving us your support and following. We promise to keep pumping out content and making it bigger and better each and every day for each and every one of you. Last but certainly not least, we hope you have a spectacular rest of your Thursday, unless you have any other plans. Make sure you check out our best bets of the day so you soon can say with us too, let's cash some tickets.